It's Tuesday, May 11th, 2021, and this is the People's Podcast. This is Steak for Breakfast. Smokey, this is not Nam. This is bowling. There are rules. Today, Junior! America! Steak for breakfast! So stand by! This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Stay Ready Gear USA. Visit stayreadygear.com. Use the code STAKE at checkout. Save 5% off anything in their store. Gun holsters, hats, t-shirts, stuff for everyday carry. Also always brought to you by Manrubs. Use the code STAKE15 at their checkout. Save 15% off anything in their store. Barbecue stuff, uh, torches to start your charcoal, funny t-shirts, Coffee mugs, as always, we have the Make Barbecue Great Again coffee mug that they sent us. Um, excellent meat rubs. Father's Day's coming up. Yeah. Which usually fathers get stuck cooking for everybody else on the day that they're supposed to be celebrated. It's their job. It is. So on that day, make sure you're not without man rubs for whatever you're cooking up. And that's it. I don't know if you guys have saw over the last 24 hours, but gas prices are skyrocketing. Yeah. At some point during those passings at the pump, you may run into a confrontational situation. What better way to scare someone who feels that their car is more gas-needy than yours? You know what they say, don't bring a funnel to a gunfight. That's right. You bring a gun to a gunfight, and the person that we know that can get you strapped and pack in heat to shoo away those summer blues of the gas pumps is Mike down at West Coast Survival Arms. He's been servicing Southern California for over a decade and has a five-star rating. He's also a licensed FFL and will take care of you, I wouldn't say instantly because there's that waiting period. Yeah. But pretty damn quick. Mike's over at westcoastsurvivalarms.com. And also some of our tactical gear buddies. Mark Joe Friday over at Dumpbox. I'm wearing my Dangerous Goods Essential Veteran t-shirt today. And Mediocre Medic who's got all those little tactical flare items to enhance your everyday carry gear. Um, In-studio recording is something we're all fans of. Yep. And some of the world's most technologically advanced headphones come from Odyssey. And they are extremely comfortable, highly efficient, top quality, podcasting, technologically advanced, and recording equipment. Yep. Visit them at odyssey.com. And ladies and gentlemen... Welcome. Episode 39, Steak for Breakfast podcast. I'm Roan, and as always, joined by my two co-hosts, Noah, Nick. And we're also blessed today to have the lovely ladies of the Matrix Assassins podcast on. Ladies, why don't you introduce yourself to our audience? Thank you so much. First off, thanks for having us. I am Velo. I am the host of Matrix Assassins. And I am Nicole, the co-host of Matrix Assassins. Welcome. We're super, thank you. We're super excited to be here on the People's Podcast. And we're freaking stoked to break down current events. Shoot the shit. There surely are a lot of them. But before we get into them today, why don't you guys tell our audience a little bit about Maybe, if not yourselves, definitely what your podcast is all about. 
For sure. So we introduced Matrix Assassins as a podcast, but we are currently in the process of building Matrix Assassins into a brand. Our podcast revolves around a variety of topics on really how to break the illusory chains of the Matrix. Uh Um, It really aims to awaken individuals to understand that there is much more to life than the reality that is presented to us. And so that's the Matrix Assassins brand and podcast. We are available on all major platforms. You can follow us on Instagram. Check us out. Check out our vibe. Yeah. Kind of like it. Yeah. Vibe check. Yeah. You only kind (laughs) of like it, Roan? I definitely like it. That's what I always say. Thank (laughs) you. All right. So let's get into it. We're going to be trying to break the matrix of the 3D news this week. So we're going to get the best of both worlds on this show today. Are we finally going to get kicked off Spotify too? I hope so. Hang on a minute. George Soros. Yeah. Okay, there we go. We're good to go now. Um, Over the weekend, Elon Musk made his first appearance on Saturday Night Live. Did anybody see any of it? Forgot to Unfortunately, yeah. I forgot to watch Saturday Night Live. Sadly, so I was watching Dogecoin more which than makes twenty eight years in a row. Yeah, so I haven't watched Saturday Night Live. I don't know if he didn't get a good charge the night before, or <laughs> if the software wasn't updated. <laughs> but it's just one of those things. I, I might, mean, it was cloudy. I tweeted at him on Sunday morning and and kind of asked like after that lackluster performance on SNL, can you just tell us? White hat, gray hat, or black hat, asking for a friend. No response. Not even mm. a like. But I'll continue to uh, do the good fight for us and shit posting on social Does he know media. what that means? I'm sure he does. He knows what everything else means, right? Apparently he invents it or fix it. Yeah. But I guess out of all the terrible segments he did, one that we can kind of take a look at was a portion of that that affected everybody's wallet. And that was the segment he did on the Weekend Update desk where he talked about Doge. Um, let's give it a listen and then see what you guys think about the uh, totality of it. I think I should have well, sold it. Was it was another great week for investors with the stock market reaching record highs and cryptocurrency continuing to boom. Here to explain cryptocurrency is Weekend Update financial expert Lloyd Ostertag. <laughs> Thank you, Michael. Well, now, the Doge father. Uh, okay, Doge father. So, yeah. uh, hang on. So, I got, we got some questions. So, for our viewers who may not know anything about this, what are cryptocurrencies? They're a type of digital money, but instead of being controlled by a central government, they're decentralized using blockchain technology. Oh. <laughs> and lately, prices have been soaring for cryptos like Bitcoin, Ethereum, and especially Dogecoin. Oh, right. What I was hopeful Dogecoin? right there. Well, it actually started as a joke based on an internet meme. Mm-hmm. But now it's taken off in a very real way. Okay, but what is Dogecoin? Well, it was created in 2013 and has a circulating supply of 117 billion coins, of which 113 billion have already been mined. All right, cool. So what is Dogecoin? <laughs> yeah, like I said, it's a digital currency. Like, okay, for instance, this is a dollar, right? It's real. Say sorta. Yeah, sorta okay. yeah. So what is Dogecoin? <laughs> about as real as that dollar. How come? Are you making any sense of this? Me? Well, I've, I've actually been reading a lot about it. Yeah, and uh, I'm trying to diversify my investment portfolio. Mm-hmm. Uh, my question is, what is Dogecoin? <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you asked. It's a good question. 
Well, it's the future of currency. It's an unstoppable financial vehicle that's going to take over the world. I, I get that, but uh, what is it, man? <laughs> I keep telling you, it's a cryptocurrency you can trade for conventional money. Oh, so it's a hustle. Yeah, it's a hustle. <laughs> I didn't just say that, man. Father, everybody. It's a hustle. To the So, what do you guys think? I don't know if that's necessarily negative. No, it wasn't negative, but you want to know what was negative. Everybody's return on Dogecoin shortly thereafter. Well, I'm still up. Well, I think it's funny. I'm very far up. I just wanted <laughs> to be like twice as much up. It's funny because people that, and not us, because I know we all bought some, mm -hmm. but I wasn't planning on retiring after I bought that. A lot of people did. A lot of people bought it and they thought they were the next Wolf of Wall Street. And then it's their obligation, their mind to educate people. On how smart they are and how like advanced, and then you tell people, you know, this is not a real currency at this point, right? Well, that's what I always remind and people. People get said, all mad. Well, I made money off it. I'm like, yeah, it's a joke. It's a monetized meme. That's literally it's a what prank. It is. That, yeah, you know, the working class and the Ship you posters. know conspiracy theorists of the world all bought Ship into, posters. and it worked, and it's awesome. Yeah, but don't sell the farm and start trading Dogecoin because it's a joke and it's going to crash at some point. But then you have people that are like, I don't know, we're living in a it. weird opposite world right now. It may That's true. <laughs> it we're might in the just be. <laughs> realm. But it's funny because people, you know, it's a crypto. And then they try and explain it. And you're like, well, you're not really even explaining it right. And like, you're not really educated to educate other people, let alone trade it yourself. I mean, you do whatever you want. But I have people telling me, oh, you keep buying, you keep buying. And I'm like, just let it rest. And, you know, there's no, it's hard to predict what is going to happen with it and it's all speculation i so. just buy it when it's cheap yep mm -hmm. yeah it's, it, i have yet to yeah. meet anybody that can one explain what the hell cryptocurrency is or explain what the vaccine is if i can mm -hmm. find anybody that can explain the vaccine or cryptocurrency i'm marrying them <laughs> on the oh, spot like but i have yet to find yeah so if you're out there but yeah i cannot find one person to to articulate to me what the vaccine or what cryptocurrency is but here I am. I, you know, I almost sold the farm. <laughs> I lost a lot on, on that, but whatever you live Just and you learn. Hold. My stance on it is you dabble in it. You don't like invest right. a huge yeah. chunk. You know, it's like you buy it cheap, like you were saying. And my personal view on cryptocurrency is that it's a way to normalize a global currency eventually down the pipeline. There you go. Yeah, same. I think if in anything, the Dogecoin movement, what it showed was that people can revolt in a certain way and when wall street got so pissed off that people were making money off of it and it screwed up like the financial market for me that was awesome because you kind of see like oh there's people that are paying attention and collectively you know regardless of political beliefs there's people that can move forward with a common like hey screw the financial market screw wall street look at where we're gonna, we're gonna do the exact same thing you guys do right but in the basement of our mom's house yeah it's and not <laughs> it's not supposed to be us that are winning yeah and that's mm -hmm. what made them mad and, um, I, I sold my, I sold my GameStop at like 250 bucks a share or something yeah. like that. Yeah. And it so that whole thing, it was funny to sit back as a normal civilian, you know, and then see all these people that literally inside trade and lobby against other companies and buy and sell stock under the table. And then they get pissed off when, you know, mm -hmm. blue collar America does it and people get all upset. So for me, Dogecoin is not so much like, let's get rich off of it. It's kind of participating in the mini revolution that screwed up the financial market. So yeah. even if we didn't make money off of it as much as some people did, the fact that 
you're part of something that was kind of like sticking it to the man was kind of cool. There's a lot of criminal organizations I feel that are using cryptocurrencies and stuff like that too. Of course. Too. Like the scammers. Uh, yeah. Like the Nigerian princes. Well, and a lot of that, you know, the black market was kind of what helped get Bitcoin on the map. That yeah. was what it was first used as a transaction market. Did you know that there's Bitcoin ATMs in like liquor stores in town? Yes. Wow. I was not aware of that. I have a, a, a family member who got uh, romance scammed and this person had her send him Bitcoin via a Bitcoin ATM. So imagine a 70 year old woman trying to use a Bitcoin ATM in the corner of a liquor store and the dude's like, do you need help? She's like, yeah, I'm trying to send this Bitcoin. It's like, that should have been your first red flag. Like, yeah, yeah this is not supposed to be well, happening. Where are you sending it, Nigeria? Yeah. So then, so then we, <laughs> called, we called the operator of the Bitcoin person. It's just some fucking young venture capitalist dickhead in San Francisco. And he's just like, oh, you know, we have, I have old people using the Bitcoin ATMs all the time. And I'm like, yeah, don't you think that's like a suspect, like kind of an issue? <laughs> and he's like, well, no, we ask them if everything's okay. And they say yes. And I'm like... Fantastic. Yeah. You're, Are they calling you from the house phone? You're a piece of shit. That's plugged into the kitchen <laughs> yeah. wall. From the rotary phone? <laughs> yeah. That's Jeez. matrix breaking. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I think overall, lackluster. I mean, that was probably one of the funnier skits, and I didn't even chuckle. He's Yeah. Like Out of all of them, that one awkward. I thought was, wasn't the worst. But I think that there was definitely just like an agenda to have him on to say certain things for mm-hmm. a certain, you know, I don't think he was just on SNL right. to perform. Yeah. <laughs> so, I know, I know several of the cast members weren't really feeling it this week either. And you could tell by some of their performances. Well, and the fact is no, nobody really even watches SNL anymore. No. Yeah, exactly. Except for the people that are fans of the, the Grammys yeah, and the Oscars. And, and it's like that whole crew of people. The people that are getting Bitcoin scammed. <laughs> it's em. just like an annoying like virtue signal fest on SNL. And, and it turned so political. Like back when Chris Farley and Adam Sandler and all those guys were on, you know, I was young. But watching the reruns of that, those are hilarious. Kids. Yeah. No, I remember and watching it when I was a kid. And, and that, that was that was when it was good. And, and now everything before I was everything's like, why is there so and It's just so taking a shot at people that are right wing is really what it's turned into and same with all the award shows nobody watches those anymore because mm-hmm. people are sick and tired of well they canceled one of them today right because they still do those viewership has been down one of them's not going to be televised on i think it's the grammys it's the not the grammys it was the uh golden, golden globes, globes yeah even worse but it's yeah. funny because you would think you know like 10 years ago if a pandemic happened before all this got politicalized political size politicized politicized whatever um <laughs> People would probably yeah. stay home and watch it. Because I used to watch like the Academy Awards and all that because I love movies. Yeah, and then when my family that. and I, we would always sit down. We would watch like some of the music awards and things like that. But right, because you want to see people did, are dance across the stage and do the whole big fucking show production. But well, now they would have good artists perform, you well, know? Yeah, mm-hmm. now and it's just like some tap dancing asshole. It's like, uh, Donald Trump sucks. Yeah, and, and that's get, like get the every segment, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. and get the vaccine. Well, that works, so. though, for the general public. It's mm. for the population that watches it. home like, fuck yeah, Donald Trump does suck. Like what happens with everything? Like SNL, like you just mentioned, SNL used to be phenomenal. But yeah. then what happens is like the agenda starts to leak in. And it really is just, just another propaganda machine to like subliminally prime us yeah. to continue with these narratives that they want to drive home so much. So I think the good thing is, is that as a collective, we're starting to understand and see what's going on. And now people aren't really subscribing to it. Yeah, it's kind of like the start of people going, I think I'm done with that. And I think we talked about it before that if anything, this pandemic did, people stuck at home started to 
well, look everything. into things more. They yeah. started to mm-hmm. realize like, hey, I don't have to watch that or I don't, you know, watching this is useless or participating right. in that stupid. Um, I think if anything, the whole mask forcing people to wear that, people that were on the fence and not really like conspiracy theorists or, you know, people like that kind of took a step back and woke up and go, I don't want to wear a mask. Why do I have to wear a mask? Let me look into this. Is it even effective? And then that kind of sparked the fire of people looking into everything and going. It's just interesting watching, watching people morph into different, different sides because you have like all this, this one group of people that they all have the same basic views and Mm -hmm. politics, but then this person owns a bar and, and then they're like, oh, him. well, actually, this is affecting me now. So I can't just be rando guy. Like now I'm actually like, this is fucked up. You have this to is identify with not necessary. Worldview. But the people who have nothing to lose and don't really contribute anything to society regardless, they're still going to do their. All the NPCs. Well, it's the same Social people justice that. Warriors. <laughs> it's the same people you know, that. I also, I, sorry. No, I also think like people that. There's two types of people, people that for me, when I got locked down, I intuitively was like, wait, this is, this is weird. Uh Just a gut feeling. It can go two ways. You can watch the news, continue to watch the news, be brainwashed, be programmed, then go on Instagram, then look at what Hollywood is saying. And then you really begin to enmesh yourself into like the bigger matrix of the media. And then any type of truth that tries to permeate what you have just created, like in this own reality inside your house, you know, those are the people that are fighting for the vaccines, getting the vaccines. Those are the ones on TikTok doing all the weird ass dances after they get the vaccine. And then it goes, dying. Like, it goes two ways. That's a seizure. Yeah. And then dying. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> but then there's the other Did you just people. Say that's the seizure. Yeah. It... <laughs> that's the side but I think yeah. then there's the other people that become so sick of watching this same shit constantly over and over again you know like how much netflix can you watch like how many times can you watch some rerun shows that you liked in the past or even movies to an extent i think it it almost bred a curiosity in people because they did Mm -hmm. realize that this was abnormal and that there's definitely more behind it i think just like being able to do that research on your own and breaking us outside of being told what to think and actually start thinking for yourself and kind of looking beyond what's constantly being broadcasted. And then you still see people that they still just want to watch mindless, you know? Yeah. And there's always going to be those people. They just don't have any interest in being educated. When they're affected personally, it changes, you know? And and like, it's like the people that you grow up around who want like super high welfare and, and we need to get taxed. That way we can pay for this and that. And then when those people move out and they're like, Oh, they buy a house (laughs) and then they have a family and they start getting taxed. And then you like, God, my check is getting taxed like 40%. And then you look into like what it's getting taxed for. And then you go down the rabbit hole. And then all of a sudden these people are like, I don't want to get taxed anymore. And it's like, yeah, that's what we've been saying for like the past mm-hmm. 20 years. But once you step out in the real world and you have a business and then taxes go up or mandated healthcare happens or whatever, you know, Obamacare almost shut down a lot of small businesses. Mm-hmm. And then when you're directly affected, all of a sudden it's not a political thing. It's more of a survival thing. And then your beliefs align with well, survival. it's a common sense thing, too. Uh, I don't know about you guys, yeah. but I, I really hate making about $65,000 a year when I make $155,000 a year. <laughs> yeah, so, that is At a least, bummer. Yeah. Thanks, California. Wait till universal income kicks in. Well, it's time to, it's time to pick the spirits up. Yeah, last week was depressing for yeah. me. Stop, Nick, stop the steal. We're, in, we're there. Yes. Here we go again. No, this is... Hey, listen. Hey, Nick. Hey, what happened? Uh, no, I'm going to put this wait, out there. Wait, wait, wait. We talked about this offline at work this week. You stumped me for the first time ever on this show because I always have so much stuff. I didn't mean to. Wow. Every resource available. And when he dropped the, well, what happened to Rudy Giuliani? 
What happened to Rudy Giuliani? He ran out of hair dye and he disappeared. See, exactly. And, and I, I was like... Uh, what did yeah, I don't know. Because <laughs> well, well, no, fuck. that's the thing. He was talking about he was talking about the recounts. Yeah. But this week we actually got some disposition in regards to those recounts, and the difference between what an, a recount was and what an actual forensic audit is. Well, and recount, that's a big difference. Recounts now, just recounting the same shit that we already counted. Turning on the money the counter, throwing in the ballots. Yep. All you're doing is an, uh, like a numerical total. That's it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This many people voted. This many people voted for fucking basements. Reinforcing the same bullshit yeah. we already had. And this many people voted for Papa Cheeto. Yeah. Um, Papa Cito or Papa Cheeto? Both. <laughs> I like Papa Cheeto. Thank That's you. Awesome. Uh, so he- here we go. Um, over the weekend, it was revealed out of Maricopa County in Arizona that the audit team was given was not given the passwords to the routers for the Dominion voting machines. Okay. Minor detail. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Kind of sounds not really like huge news because it's like, give me the passwords. No. Okay. Well, you know, we'll go through the court system, but here's the thing. We don't have them. Right. It's apparent that Maricopa County officials who are supposed to be working with the audit team, even though they are reluctant to do so. You don't say. Um, don't have the passwords and doesn't want the auditors to know when or where the data was sent out from and when. So that's number one. Didn't we see some data like flying across like the globe? Are you talking about the Mike Lindell documentaries? I might be. Don't worry, we're going to get into him. Nick's favorite audio clips. Um, Jesse Ventura in disguise. And this also broke in conjunction with the news that came out late Monday that the two vendors who were chosen on behalf of um, the Arizona County officials out of Maricopa to audit twice, or as it turns out to be just recount the votes originally where they said this is how many people voted this is what the votes are um in the 2020 presidential election were in fact not certified to do so Oops. and that was only revealed after the gateway pundit uh kind of released an article doxing these two companies and saying that they were both certified as election recounters um postpartum after the recounts were done and after this narrative started to break. They did an online course real quick. Something like that. <laughs> so here's the deal. This thing is going to take time. Forensic audit is not something where you go in there and just recount the ballots. Okay, but there are some major things coming out of there. The official Twitter account for the Maricopa County audit today released a statement that was saying everything, and they're adding Katie Hobbs, who's the official who's trying to stop this audit, is saying right now is designed to deflect and distract from the fact that Maricopa County never had the passwords to set up their own elections, ever. Hmm. Who has them? The Republican legislator in Arizona has now sued for the election results and ballot totals for every election dating back to 2018. Got him. Since the Dominion voting machines became... Right, the number one machines used in the Arizona elections. So to clarify, the password is to get in and see all the archive data for what changed, what flipped, what settings. And I do have a little bit more on that. So what they said was there's a lot of PII Mm. that could be exposed when we give you the passwords for the routers. What does that stand for? More PII than somebody's fucking ballot and all their... Well, yeah. Can you elaborate on that acronym so people that don't know what that is? No. Personal it's private, personal private information. Yeah. There you go. I'm glad we take a training for that every year. Yeah. 
<sighs> but anyways, um, so I have to take two. So the people fighting against having this um, audit continue said that there's everything from like personal data, you know, work and residence information, all the way down to like social security numbers and or law enforcement stuff. Like if they were arrested, and they feel that the auditor shouldn't be privy to that. So what the auditors did was they took it to a judge. Judge ruled over and said, no, there's no way to fucking tell unless you have all the information. Obviously, the routers are key here, especially during the time the election was being conducted. Give them the passwords. Yeah. Time ran out and they said, we don't have them. It'd be hilarious if the password Is that some bullshit just because they didn't want to give them still? Or they just don't got them? The fact of the matter is, is a third party entity worked illegally. China. 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 Dominion and Smartmatic. The and password is Biden 2020, probably. It's not Biden 2020. Probably Basement's 2020. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five, Biden. It's yeah. B-I-D-A-N. The password is password, all caps. So, asterisk. <laughs> I, I did come to find out, though, over the weekend, someone did claim to have access to these voting machines. Was it the guy that hacked them? Was it Ron Watkins? Because that guy's full of it. No, he's out there smelling feet and stuff. Ugh. Wearing um, fingerless gloves. You don't get calluses. And he's weird. Yeah. It's one of Nick's favorite... Audios on this show. Humble pillow farmer himself, mm. Mike Lindell. Whatever. You got anything? No, I don't want to. I've shared my piece. Yeah. Okay. On him. Let's hear what Mike had to say about having access to some of these drugs. Voting <laughs> machines. <laughs> I hate you. By the way, Steve, I want to say this. Um, I'll give Dominion a little scare this morning. Uh, Dominion, we have machines now. I do. I have machines, we have ESNS machines, we got them all, um, and we're gonna be putting out so much information over the next couple weeks. And not, not this isn't from Arizona, Steve. These are machines we actually have, and we, we're doing all of our own tests. We're gonna have a lot of surprise, a lot of great news for the country. And uh, their, uh, their big cover-up is just starting to, like you say, it's coming apart at the seams. So uh, if I was Dominion, if I worked for Dominion right now, I'd be turning myself in. Mm. I wouldn't even wait. I wouldn't even let it get too much longer. It's over for them. I like it. Yeah. How can you not like that? Remember, he is literally liquidating his entire monetary asset into everything that's going with finding out the legitimate results of this election. And we're getting to kind of an unprecedented place history-wise, because there's no real end game for if we find out that this wasn't the way it was supposed to be. And here's the fact of the matter. We kind of covered it briefly last week on the show. The entire country is going to look the way it looks in almost every election, red and blue, a little bit of purple, right? But a couple strategic counties, maybe less than a dozen, will 100% swing a presidential election yep and, and, and that's just based off of simple demographics you could interject votes here and there to make it look like it's kind of the norm across the board which looks like what might have been the case but if you hit up a couple places that are historically red but have seen interjected into the community over the last couple of years some you know moderate libs is it bellwether counties or no yeah, and progressive people of that nature who just, um, for instance, Stacey Abrams. I'm still in the belief system here that Georgia was never, ever blue and probably never will be. But just because 
her big fat fucking face is always on TV telling everybody it is. It becomes like the regular narrative that's on all the mainstream media and places like Saturday Night Live and things of that nature. You know what I'm saying? It's just if people say it enough and enough of the idiots just keep hearing it and they regurgitate it everywhere, then it must be true even if it's not. And I think in places like Arizona, that's kind of been the case. You know, they've been saying that it's been going purple forever, but it just never has been. And just funny because if you ever drive through Arizona, mm-hmm. <clears throat> my parents have a, a river house there. Okay. And when are we going? Yeah. What the fuck? Why are we just hearing about this now? Hmm. Uh, I thought I told you guys. You never no. have. Oh, we should go. definitely didn't invite us. It's literally on the river. But anyways, I like tubing. That's a river house. Uh, it is a fishing boat we can oh. use. But if you drive through Arizona, there's literally nothing. But Trump flags. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everywhere. And um, I went. Before the election, and we went like six months, like recently after, and there's still Trump flags everywhere. Oh yeah. So you're like, what part of Arizona are we talking about that is voting blue? Because you're, ta- you're I talking about the that. largest county in Arizona. I doubt it. Uh, which That's was home, which talking. was basically home to Sheriff Joe for over a decade. Arizona's pretty red. So you're telling me the year after he gets out, that state, the Just entire automatically goes turns blue. blue. No. Yeah. No. So these things are going to take time. Wrong. We're, we're going to go well. It well. depends what machine you're using. Wrong. Well, I'll tell you what machine Mike Lindell has. Oh, which ones? We have the machines. Machines. Um, real, real quick, whatever happened to the watermark thing? Well, well that's, remember that's, about that? that's just part of it. They are not leaking any information other than like some gaslightish comments. Like the only things that's come out of there are from Arizona state representatives who are close to or working directly with the audit who said they, number one, have more than they need. And number two, that they have it all. And here's the thing. Until it's done and they're basically satisfied with the results, regardless of what the outcome is, they're not going to go out there and make public statements about their findings so far. I've had two people send me pictures of Arizona ballots that were mail-in. One had a watermark, one didn't. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what to make of it. What I don't kind know. of watermark are we talking? It was... Uh, like neon numbers at the bottom. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like a barcode. That would make sense to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To be so, able to trace them back and also um, to counter some of when they were bringing in ballots past hours to be able to track which are the authentic ones and which aren't. Right. I, I saw or, one or where they the were ones talking. That they were using Sharpies on and yeah. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So. I saw one where they were talking about like looking for different qualities in the paper and then mm-hmm. that, whatever that freaking dude was saying, like they're making fun of it because they're looking for bamboo in the paper. Yeah, and bamboo is something that's commonly found on paper even in the United States. There are actually yeah. a couple bamboo reserves here they use it almost exclusively for paper. Yeah. So that's something that's almost easily debunked. And things that they just kind of throw out there that people like Rachel Maddow and... Yeah, that dude. Right, Anderson Cooper and Don Lamont. Don Lamont. All those gals, that guy's right? Annoying. Yeah. So is Anderson Cooper. Have been parroting. Um, are we done talking about Mike Lindell? For the moment. You are. You know, one of these days... He's going to walk through the fucking door. And he better give me a Hey, I'm here, no, I'm I'm here to be on the podcast, Nick. I, and, you're and, talking shit. And you're going to feel terrible. No. All right? What if he brings you a, a weighted blanket? Hybrid cars, recyclable materials. It's Jesse Ventura. You're not getting me twice. It sounds, last, was it last week or the week before I got you? He didn't really get us. We knew it was Jesse Ventura. Yeah, I was, I was like in the passion of the moment, too. I ride or die for Mike Lindell. I can only wish to be as humble of a pillow farmer as him. They are not. 
Jesse Ventura was a wrestler. One day he's going to take off his mask like Scooby-Doo, and it's going to be Jesse Ventura in the background. It sure won't be. It will. Um, Moving forward, though, we did have a re-moment of the weekend. On one of the Sunday shows, an Arizona state representative, Republican, appeared, I don't know why, on some CNN programming and sat down with one of those morons to talk about things that are going on with the audit. In addition to the overall demographic of voting and some of the laws that are changing right now, because free-for-all mail-in balloting is something that, number one, is illegal, number two, goes against the Constitution, number three, something that should never happen again, regardless of the pandemic. And it's stupid. Yeah. If we ever have something like this ever again, they need to change the fucking day of the vote. They just need to move it. Like, I, I, I would rather have that than what happened this time. Because, like the Time Magazine article outlined, this was the perfect storm to not be able to fight back Thank God that there are still people out there literally sacrificing their time and literally spending their life savings in order to get to the bottom of this. Because, you know, the way things are right now, obviously, are not the way it's supposed to be. Well, I've said this a hundred times. Like, what is, does anybody want to fuck with this anymore? Like, why don't we just make it so it's cut and dried? This is what happened. Day of paper ballots. Good to go. Absentee ballots for only the people that physically cannot vote. That would be medically unable to military or military yeah. and things like that. That's it. There's no other in between. Well, I don't even mind requesting, like if you're, if, if requesting you're, a mail-in ballot. Like if you've requested it, right? That's how I always do. Yeah. They wanted to create as <laughs> much chaos as, as possible to say, you want to know what you can allege all these things. Good luck finding it. And that was my point last week when we went in this little depression mode was we're lifting today though. Okay. I'll stop. <laughs> Go. No, I, uh, I don't want to go down that road. No, what are you just saying? That there's so much and it's so widespread, like this, that, and the other thing. We're never going to be able to get to the bottom of it. Listen, no, I think we've gotten to the bottom. Of it. That was my point last week. The and recounts that have already happened were just ballots back in the machine, mm-hmm. physically a number of ballots. Which I agree with. And, and having a forensic audit is should have been the first step. And, right? it, and, and, and now that we're finally there, hopefully, I won't go on my same rant last week. Would you even call it the first domino? Yeah, I would. And my point is, I just hope the evidence sees the light of day. Well, you know who doesn't want to see the evidence? Mike Lindell. N- no, he does. Well, he, apparently he has. Spending a lot of money. He has. We're evidence. spending a lot of money funding this by buying $400 blankets. <laughs> so everyone's like, where's he getting this money from? He got it from me, partly. Here we go. And well, <laughs> you're helping the cause then. CNN, Sunday morning programming, your breakdown of the week. $300 blanket. Like, and if they, <laughs> 275, sorry. It's not that, necessarily that true. Look, that's just not, that's not necessarily really true. For, I'm saying for being purged. Here. It's well, not the precinct. I'm talking about being purged from the early voting I'm talking about people who are purged from that early voting list. Can we use neutral names? They're being removed after multiple checks to make sure that they actually aren't there. They're not being purged. That is that is your got her. That is how you describe it, sir. And we do appreciate. Well, I'm you not coming spinning on. it, so that's why I'm doing the truth. I'm not doing spin. Ooh. I'm not spinning it either. Sure. Well, Arizona purge? State. What? What am I, Stalin? Come on, don't be ridiculous. This is really. This is why we can't have reasonable discussions across the political divide because everybody wants to throw gasoline on what should be a critical intellectual discussion. Sir, you're not being honest, and what you're saying doesn't even oh, line now up. With- you, uh, doesn't even line up with what you have said about votes. You've talked about quality votes over quantity. I think that is loud and clear. 
Arizona State That's, Rep. John Kavanaugh. Dishonest. Somebody who doesn't want to be registered to vote, who doesn't ask for a ballot, who doesn't follow politics, who doesn't know the issues, is a different voter from somebody like you, who, who's a, who, whose career is politics and knows everything. I'm not saying those people can't vote, but if they don't want to vote, I'm not shoving ballots in front of them and forcing them to be registered against their will. They I think that's have, freedom. Their will is to be on that list. And, sir, yeah, a one vote is the same as the another vote. This is our right. This is our right as Americans. Sir, I'm going to have to leave it there. I'm going to have to leave it there, sir. Your power off if you don't mail your bill in. Sir, I'm going to have to leave it there with you. State Rep. John okay, Kavanaugh, I thank you. So. It was great. So there you have that. that wow. That was almost better than, than Maddow and uh, Don Lamont and Anderson Cooper, who we have all had on since the Arizona recount started. I think the fact of the matter was, you know, the topic was purging no longer residents of Arizona slash dead voters off the voter roll. And it's not purging, it's removing, because they've done multiple checks and these people either are in the ground or don't live in the state anymore. And she was making the stance how it was almost racist to do so. She, she was she was trying to get him to go down that road, and he's like, "It's a wild card." And he's like, I, I, "He's like, this is why we don't even talk to you guys because you know th- you just don't make any fucking sense. You just light the flame and let it go, and just say, oh, fuck, they don't want to do this. It's racist, or you know, they don't want to do this. It's bigotry, or they don't want to do this. It's whatever." Well, two plus two is always four, five. Unless you're oh, new that's math. right, that changed new too. Math. Fuck. Fuck. So, Damn it. I mean, as far as Arizona goes, things are moving and rolling. Um, it has kind of sent the wave over to what may be the next domino, and that's Michigan. Um, another place where we know we had some big discrepancies. We talked about Matthew DiPerno and um, Jordan Pulitzer and the stuff that they found out of there, the huge, where there was almost 660-something-odd percent discrepancy in the votes where it was changed from Trump to Biden or just added for Biden. And that's kind of spun into, um, you know, our good Italian friend, Matthew DiPerno, officially submitting direct evidence of ballot counting manipulation with the electronic tabulation systems, Dominion and Smartmatic, for the Antrim County. Um, After a three-hour Zoom meeting yesterday with the Board of Supervisors in Antrim County, um, we're now being told that they're going to have to wait till Monday of next week to see if the proposed forensic audit based off the evidence will move forward. The judge has heard it and is going to take a look at all the evidence and see what happens. Kind of backed him into a corner. Um, I watched a portion of that Zoom meeting yesterday and it was very... Was anyone wearing a mask? No. (laughs) No, it was the right people in the fight and they were basically putting a lot of pressure on... It, it was one of those things where it's like, if you don't do this, you look so much worse than if you just ride with the results. And that was kind of the vibe I got. And, you know, moving forward, I think that's going to be, you know, one of the places where um, we're going to be looking into that audit there. Um, Donald Trump weighed in by putting out one of his new infamous tweet statements. And I'm going to read it to see what he thinks about what's going down in Michigan. The major Michigan election fraud case, I like where this has started, Mm. has just filed a bombshell pleading and claiming that votes were intentionally switched from President Trump to Joe Biden. See what he did there? Anybody? Got him. Yeah. 
The number of votes is all caps, massive, and huge. Not caps. Determinative. I don't even know what that word is. What? Say yeah. it again. Determinative. Determinative. Like final. Yeah. This will prove that the num- this this will be proved in numerous other states. All Republicans must all caps unify and not let this happen. If a thief robs a jewelry store of all its diamonds, in parentheses, the 2020 presidential election, (laughs) the diamonds must be returned. The fake news media refuses to cover the greatest election fraud in the history of our country. They have lost all credibility, but ultimately, they will have no other choice other than to cover. Got them. Yeah. So... That's that. Um, I kind of feel like we're going to be rolling there, and by sometime in early June-ish, we will be forensically auditing portions of Michigan. Here's a question. Go ahead. Obviously, we all hope this gets reversed, right? It's not even about getting reversed. It's that we hope to get to the truth. Okay, so let's say— I just don't want to ever do this again. I just want to know who won legitimately. Side note, and I'll just interject before Mm -hmm. you can continue because it's relevant— the 26th state in the Republic today passed in-person ID laws for the United States. So, but so my question is, if when the, hopefully when this gets reversed, right, and okay. it comes out that the election was stolen, Biden clearly didn't win. Right. Let's just say best case scenario, people go to jail. Um, Biden is put in a nursing home. Kamala Harris is. Uh, Working outside of Liberty Mutual Insurance in the Statue of Liberty costume, flipping a sign. I could see that. Um, and Trump goes back into office. He's only going to have three years, right? See, that's the thing. They're not going to give him. We haven't talked about this. Yeah, do you get I would credit? love to know this because I want to know what your perspective is on just the end game here with well, the outcome. And that's always my question is, is where do we go from here? Like, if And I agree with you. like Florida? Yes. I'm going to Montana. Okay. Yeah, I'm actually kind of like that. And I'm going to hunt. Bobcats and bears. I heard the Dakotas are nice this time of year. You guys want to get a compound? Mm. I've been saying that. Yes, a a desert fortress. Yeah, I like it. (laughs) So here's the thing. I want a missile silo. We haven't talked about this really on the show and broken it down. Um, One America did a little bit this week, but then before they could get to what the actual solutions would be, they broke down some other states way in the past that have had things like this happen. And then they never really. I watched it like I kept. I watched this video, this segment I found, this clip. It was like eight minutes. And I said, if I'm going to play a portion of it, I want to hear what the actual outcome would be. Mm -hmm. And the guy was like up there talking, hand talking, very passionate. But then they started referencing all these slides that had like Kentucky in the late 1800s. And he got on the weeds. Yeah. And and, and when they, and he's like, and I guess we'll just have to find out. And I'm like, well, thanks for fucking making me watch this eight minute clip like Ah. five times because I kept feeling like because of ADHD or something, I was missing (laughs) what the point was. But the thing is, we're in unprecedented, uncharted territories. Yeah. We're at the precipice Whoa. of something new. What would be epic is if it got returned, Trump gets three years, but it doesn't count as a term, and then he could run again in 2024. Well, would he, would he have the opportunity to run for one more year? Would the date of the presidential election and inauguration like change? That's what I was asking. That would be epic. We, we don't know, and no one's talking about it other than the places where these audits right now are happening. But it is starting to leak... I mean, you've seen meltdowns on CNN, MSNBC, all of the local ABC, CBS, NBCs. You've seen it on, obviously, CNN had another epic one this weekend that we just played. And they know that it's happening. They feel it. 
and I see like a big distraction point coming from it. And, and what it is, is they've lost their grasp on the racist stuff, right? They've lost their grasp on, you know, um, some of the domestic things that we've talked about on the show. And now it looks like we're going to be circling into some international um, distraction to get everybody's mind off of the stuff that's going on in, in Michigan and, and Arizona right now. And that, that probably has to do with Israel and Palestine. Yep. What do you guys think about all that stuff going on right now? <clears throat> well, we're probably due for an active shooter. The Iron Dome thing is pretty <laughs> no, impressive. No, like I said, with the domestics, it had no traction. Like, we had mm-hmm. multiple, almost every day, guy walks into a FedEx facility, kills six people. Yeah. Guys walks into a grocery store, kills ten people. You know, a couple of politicians go out there, oh, we need to regulate everything about guns. And everybody's like, eh, yeah. eh. We just did coronavirus. Like, we're not even done with coronavirus. You think you're going to do active shooter? Like, nobody wants to hear that. But, <laughs> but is, it, is it because they're... Is it because, like, they're so desensitized, though, of the act of shooting that that's why people are, like, no longer invested? Because you can only do it for so long until it just, like, does not, it doesn't make the same impact as it used to, you know, 20 years ago. Right. I I think that's definitely a a huge portion of it and why we may be slifting switching to geopolitical uh, narrative mm-hmm. now. Yeah, so I think we're switching to like geopolitical, geoengineering. Um, I also think this new campaign that they're starting to talk about is this campaign against misinformation, mm-hmm. which is going to be a very big deal. Um, I they're trying- just li- I watched a little bit of Vax Live and saw right. Prince Harry kind of talk about launching this campaign against quote unquote, misinformation. They're trying to get ahead of what will be the eventual um, forensic audit results. When I think, if you look at gun control, this is the wrong year to try and push that after people right. were getting ripped out of their trucks on the freeway, getting robbed at a restaurant, sitting down with their family, and even people that are like anti-gun, I mean... Anti-gun people are trying to borrow guns from people yeah, that have a and bunch there of was them. the most first-time gun buyers like in the history of our country, yeah. at least our recent history, and people were like, yeah, I just bought one. You're not going to fucking take it away from yeah, me. Yeah, and it's like, now you know how it feels because yeah. that's something we've been arguing during like peacetime is that we don't want our guns taken. So I think you're right. The whole active shooter, it kind of backfired because people, we, I take your guns and people are like, mm, I just got a gun and I kind of like it. Yeah, and now, I kind of like being able to protect If there was myself. an active shooter, I'd fuck him up. So I love when I talk to people that don't believe in guns and, and I ask them, what happens if someone breaks yeah. in your house and they go, Call the police? Oh, wait, we hate them. Yeah. <laughs> LeBron James yeah, on speed dial. Yeah. See what he wants me to do. But I think we're going to start seeing, like Roan said, a bunch of different... They're going to start getting creative with the distractions. Um, but the hard part is, you know, everyone gets caught up in all the celebrity news and all the I don't, drama. I give zero fucks. But it's the same people that watch the Grammys and the Golden Globes and all that. Or and the then, Vax Freedom Concert. Yeah, it's all yeah. interconnected. Right. I mean, if you if you watch a lot of television, you're technically under a mass hypnosis. I think we have to redefine what hypnosis is because people think it's this far out type of situation. But anybody that's watching a lot of TV is into the culture yep. who is deeply programmed. Those are the same types of people that are very liberal minded. Those are the same types of people that are on the antidepressants. They're relying on the healthcare system. They're relying on anything external. I mean, the list goes on and on and on and on. And so people, we talk about like, when is the zombie apocalypse going to happen? But it's here. We just have to redefine what zombies are. Right. No, it's like so, when, when those people get so programmed into that programming that they need to hear every day what those people have to say so they can better live their lives through mm-hmm. either virtue signaling or, you know, whatever the narrative that they're trying to 
propaganda Also, it's is. their shortcut into researching. Of course. So yeah. that is exactly how they they do their research. If it's if it's in the news, if a celebrity is endorsing it, then it's their green light to go ahead and virtue signal on social media. It's a cop out to not have an opinion. Yeah. Well, we've talked about mm-hmm. that before a, a couple opinion. a few episodes ago where most of the younger demographic doesn't read anything further than the, the clickbait article yeah. and and those clickbait it. articles, even if it's a legitimate uh, person penning the actual news article or whatever, the editor who's trying to get clicks and trying to monetize yeah. their story is going to make it sound more ridiculous just mm-hmm. to get people's inter- interest. And, and actually, them. most of those articles are written by AI. A lot of people don't know that, but most articles like that is actually AI written. Huh. I wouldn't doubt mm-hmm. it at all. I mean, robots. yeah, well, mm-hmm. the narrative seems just so robotic in itself like you know this is bad this is good you know this makes me feel good this makes me feel bad do this do that get them it's it kind of seems like it is extremely predictive and probably skynet something along those lines don't don't put that evil on us so (laughs) art imitates life but as if all the stuff that wasn't going on so far in regards to the forensic audit in Arizona and looks like impending one in Michigan is we did have a huge week in regards to the COVID roundup section. Um, probably more than you think because it's affecting things other than just the mass, just the reopenings or not the restrictions and things like that. Um, Dr. Fauci this week. Hate that guy. Right. Can we call him Mr. Fauci? Uncle Fauci. He's just a terrible human being. Yeah. I, I would, I just don't get it. But he continues to move the goalposts right now on masks. Didn't see that one coming. So he, he was saying by probably next Mother's Day, we would be to a place where we're more in a normal sense of not wearing the masks. However, and there is a big disclaimer there. It's a clever way to say a year. Mask mm-hmm. wearing <laughs> is now something that he could even see being almost seasonal. Seasonal. What I saw that one. What does that mean? I don't like the dead silence. I'm just fucking shaking face. my head. What does that mean? <laughs> There's literally like, uh, is it going to be mask season now? All right, everyone. Well, oh. bust I mean, out, they're going to say the that we need, yeah. we need to keep wearing the mask because that's what eradicated the flu. Oh and my the social distancing. God. The sad part is. A, Big part of the population are probably like, yeah, that's right. No, so I had to go get another vaccine for not that vaccine. Not the jab. I had to get the measles, mumps, rubella one because of my military service. They're forcing me to re-up on that or whatever. They didn't, I didn't have proof that I'd had it before. We'll allow it. But I'm in the, I'm in like <laughs> we'll the CVS it. pharmacy sitting there. You know, the girl that's working there is attractive and she's chatting me up or whatever. And uh, she's like... Basically saying that, oh, yeah, you know, blah, 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 the flu cases and yada, yada, yada. She's like, weird, huh? And I go, yeah, weird. And I'm about to say, it's almost like coronavirus took over for the flu. And she's like, it's almost like wearing masks and washing your hands worked. And I was just like, oh, this conversation just ended. (laughs) Oh, you're kind of stupid. Yeah. That's exactly what we're talking about. That's the separation. Yeah. You know, you go into, you get funneled. The shutdown creates this funnel. Everyone gets shut down and you either go hard left or you take a hard right out of the matrix. And that person took a hard left into self-destruction. Yes. Yeah, I've literally not changed other than having to wear a mask when I go into a store. When it, when the shit first happened, 
I'd go see my mom. I'd wear a mask. I'd make her wait outside. I fucking lice all the doorknob. And then I'm like, okay, this is fucking horseshit. But since then, I've literally not done anything differently. It's like I wash my hands as often as I used to. I'm around huge crowds of people constantly at work. Nasty people. The demographic of those crowds are... Gross. Yeah. Um, Unsanitary to say the least. It's funny because you would think if this was a true pandemic that was just... Oh, I'd be dead people. for sure. Same with me. Like we, I've had parties at my house habitually since I've eaten food off the ground no, at work. You don't even have to go there. <laughs> for us... I th- did that before the pandemic. Yeah. yeah. For, for us three mm-hmm. at our work, period, dead. All three of us. Yeah. Yeah. Like 100%. I bring my shoes in the house from work. Like, wouldn't that be horrendous? Like, should that kill I, everyone in my family? I do that too. My dogs? <laughs> uh. Well, also, I mean, when we saw the pictures coming out of China in the beginning of the whole scare, I think we the, all had this perception footage. that people were going to be dying in the streets left yeah. and right. Like the black. And then black. that didn't happen. And it's been a slow roll of wearing these masks yep. and just, it, it's like a, it's a, indoctrination process it's like this is becoming normalized so we need to continue doing this and there's no end in sight until everybody's vaccinated Uh yeah people dying in the street and yet our homeless are making like condos out of plywood and And yet you also see doctors and nurses doing tiktoks in the middle of a hospital Mm -hmm. like wow this looks really scary it's an empty hospital oh i've been in some of those hospitals like near the covid wards and yeah a lot of people standing around Three or four ICU beds, they get, a, they get a fifth patient. They're like, oh my God, we're over capacity. Mm-hmm. Well, people how don't, dare we? people don't understand that that's how that works. Yeah. We, we were able to get to the bottom of that. Yeah. Capacity could, doesn't mean that the entire hospital's full. It means that the beds we've that assigned they, these three beds yep. for this specific mm-hmm. thing and two of them are full. Well, there's a lot of people doing elective surgeries right now. Yes. You know, they they can't work. And so it's a perfect time, and you know, to do knee, knee replacement surgeries, or, things of that nature. Or, oh, I thought you were talking about boobs. Or face replacement surgeries. Oh, well, or boobs or face replacements. <laughs> well, if you want to talk about, mommies, you know. Maybe Seth Rogen got a face replacement surgery. Yeah, right? really? Has anybody seen that? Yeah. Though? Weird. Seth, Seth Rogen shaved off his beard and he looks like a completely different other person that's not Seth Rogen. Maybe he'll be funny now. The real Seth Rogen so probably died was in Was it Zach crash. too? Zach Efron? He looks com- like a completely different human being. Oh. They're probably dead and those are their new body doubles. So yeah. It's just one of those things. Speaking of... They dead, fucked up the clone <clears throat> and can't grow facial hair. Right. Speaking of dead body doubles, anyone heard from Hillary lately? Easy. <clears throat> Easy. She's been quiet since Biden got elected. I like it. That she's quiet. I don't like Yeah, I don't... I'm not complaining. It's just kind of weird that she's... I hope she's dead too. Um, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna see the Hillary in the back of the car like Prince Andrew. All yeah, right. She's gonna pop she's up gonna in my back like, seat. Well, looking like the crib keeper. She's driving home right now and shooting me in the back of the head. She's gonna look like Stephen Hawking. Um, Jaw melted into her throat. I don't know if you guys heard this either, but now moving forward, the uh, COVID deaths we're, mm. we're only gonna be considered COVID deaths if you didn't receive the vaccination. Wow, that's yeah, that's how they were going to be coded and uh, billed. So if you received the vaccination, you obviously died from it, but you're not going to be counted as a COVID death. That's really convenient. Yeah, the CDC updated the guidance saying that anybody who tests positive but has been vaccinated will not be counted and only the people who have been vaccinated will be counted as positive cases. The only way that the vaccinated will be counted is if they're hospitalized or if they die. That sounds like a great way to skew the numbers in your favor. Exactly. Imagine Just like the that. PCR tests when Biden got in, they lowered the cycle count for the 
And the body. I remember count. hearing about that the PCR test. Yes, of course. Cycle count. Yeah. And, and then the body count across the board in the beginning. When PCR test didn't matter yeah, if you didn't fall if you fell off a ladder or got into a motorcycle accident, mm-hmm. you still died from COVID. Yep. Because you probably would have gotten and died from it. Yeah. I was at Walmart the other night, and they were announcing over the loudspeaker that they had free vaccines. In Walmart. Like, can you take them home? <laughs> yeah. Like and take- mail in your results. Oh. That'd be awesome. Um, but I'm thinking, if I was going to get the vaccine, it's not going to be at Walmart. <laughs> Why? I mean... They have medically trained professionals yeah. who work there. No, they don't. I got a vaccine <laughs> because at Because I messed up one time and got my prescription sent to that Walmart, and they had no idea where it was. Oh, wow. Well, that's just because... And I was like, do you guys, like, do half of the shift of in the pharmacy, and then you're bagging groceries at the end? How does wow. this work? Because you guys are not... So you were body bagging people in the comments in real life? Wow. I just love the fact, because I had my headphones in, because I don't like talking to people. Okay. So I always have headphones in when I'm in a store. And then everyone stops and then stares up at the intercom... Like, there's a TV screen up there. It's clearly not. So I'm, like, looking around. I'm, like, is there, like, an active shooter? <laughs> sounds, like a, sounds like a scene from They Live. They, literally, like, 10 people just stopped and, like, stared up. And I'm, like, oh, God, what is going on? So I take my headphones out. And it was, like, a repeat message. Like, now offering free vaccines, head to the pharmacy. Oh. And people were just stopped. Did people just, up. like, stop what they were doing and, like, leave their carts, like, full of stuff? And, and just, just, like, file zombie. a single file? But I'm, like, where are you? First of all, what are you looking at? You're just staring at the speaker. You don't do that in your car when the music comes on. You don't stare at the speaker. Some of those people, I, <laughs> I wish mean, they would. Sometimes they do if it's a real slap. These people were like <laughs> slowly making their way over to that area. And I'm like, I'm not letting someone that doesn't speak English jab me with a needle right. of a vaccine. We don't know where it came from. Like or Walmart's what's in it. Or what's Walmart's in the it. Last, pers- last place I'd ever get something injected into me. Nicole and I actually think this is a, an extremely fascinating topic. Because when you think about pharmaceutical drugs just in general, right. they are extremely expensive cash price for a maintenance antidepressant. You're looking at 800 to $900 per month. Yep. So let's take for instance, insulin. Okay. Insulin saves lives. Like we know that. What's Um, the price on that going for right now? It is astronomical. But the reason why that it's astronomically pricey is because it can actually help you. So here's the thing. When you when you look at vaccines being free in Walmart, vaccines free in CVS, in Publix, it's it's everywhere. You can get it. It's widely available and they're trying to vaccinate as many people as possible. That should be a huge red flag, because if it was actually meant to save your life, bet your ass it would be twenty five thousand dollars per month with no insurance. We are Just like the, it, to cure Hep C, right. what is it, like $100,000? for 30 days we to are, cure Hep that's C. That's a great point. I never thought of that. No, the, we're, the, does, we're the clinical trial. That's is it. anybody paying for the vaccine? Like, are there people that are paying for no, it with their insurance? No, you don't know. And same thing yeah. for birth control. Yeah. You know, so birth is that, control. And, and this kind of goes into, I had this weird awakening. I'm having, I'm going through another awakening currently. <laughs> oh, congratulations. This awa- comes in waves. Thank you guys so much. It comes, I'm having another wellness wave, but... This one really just kind of talks about it, like the depopulation agenda is right. not really a, an agenda. It is. It's a thing. It is. It, it is our society. Yeah. Anything that is free, anything that was widely available and open during the pandemic is meant to systemically kill us. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I know that sounds really dark. So sorry, guys. Um, no, we live but there. yeah, you yeah. know, it's it's true. You look at birth control. Birth control is horrific for your body. Mm-hmm. They're trying to pass that 
to every woman in, you know, in society, everybody getting on birth control. You look at Planned Parenthood, mm-hmm. hundreds and thousands of abortions that are going on. It's a secret genocide that's currently, you know, that's happening all around our country. We can't and globally. go to church and globally. It's a massive genocide. Like we can't go to church and gather, but we can have Planned Parenthoods and abort children. And get an Not experimental daily. vaccine. Yeah, and be and a then you can go to you can go to McDonald's and then have a twenty piece chicken nugget. Yeah, have, and then you the, can hit up the strip clubs and then gamble all your money away and then end your night at the bar. Right. That's why all the junk foods are subsidized and like the cash crops are subsidized. But of course, like none of the healthier foods or organic foods are subsidized. It's well, because it's just pumping out the crap to get people hooked on and just to continue with the deterioration of health. Yeah, the food that people can get on uh, assistance, welfare, whatever you want to call it, WIC, like it's, you can literally buy energy drinks. Yeah. yeah. I mean. Anything that's meant to kill you, that's meant to keep you in a diabetic state, overweight, sick, unhealthy. Can you buy cigarettes with WIC believe. yet? Yes. You can? I, I, I honestly think with you Wick, can. With, not with WIC, with the. Uh, um, EBT. EBT. Yeah, EBT. You can Fuck, buy cigarettes really? and alcohol. Mm-hmm. Oh. And alcohol. Yeah. yeah. Like maybe like 10 years ago, you couldn't. Uh, so with the vaccines being free, do you think that is something that has to do with liability or the clinical trial? Like, oh, since you didn't pay for it, it was completely voluntary. No, you can't sue anyways. Yeah, but no, you can't. You can't. They have complete immunity. Yeah. This is the first time ever that, that, well, well, maybe because it's not technically a vaccine. Maybe polio vaccine in the third world, but uh, in like a, a first world context, this is the first time that. It's ever been like a, you know, clinical trial on the masses in a regular first world industrialized country. I just can't believe how people are just like 100% just like, yeah, fucking do it. It's going to solve all the problems. It's like, well, the best part about it is right after they say that, you were the person that said you didn't trust the government like two years ago. They they make that (laughs) TikTok video and then die three days later. So what's the big deal? I wish they died. And like, here's the the thing. How many people do you know in your life have ever done an experimental drug trial? Zero. And how many people do you know in your life have taken the vaccine? A lot. One. It's because yeah. I think it's being, that's crazy. It's being a grossly mis. I mean, it's it's being marketed in a way where people don't understand. Most people think that it has already been approved by the by the FDA, but it's only been authorized for emergency use. Yeah, there's clever so clever. There's use a play of words. on words. There's yeah. a really oh. yeah. People just think like, oh, the trials are over, but if you look, they're not over until March of like 2023. We're gonna get into a play on those words and just how they kind of have affected everything. Oh, where are we at on the emergency use uh, expiration? When does that end? 2023. It's coming up. I, I thought they were actually getting ready to start um, approving FDA. Yeah. I think they're pushing for FDA approval. But I mean, it's going to be hard to get that approval when clinical trials are still technically running until 2023. Yeah, the one so, FDA guy that uh, he presented that speech, he was saying that they, he wouldn't feel comfortable. No, he said there's just not enough data. But you, you want to know who's also kind of had it with the data. It's the probably the third most based representative uh, for the Republican, Senator Ron Johnson. I think we go like uh, Rand Paul, mm-hmm. uh, that Kennedy from Louisiana, the one that, you know, said Bernie Sanders wasn't a basic bitch. And he, and he <laughs> said, if, if you don't like law enforcement, don't next, call him. next time you get in trouble, oh, yeah, call, call a crackhead. Call a crackhead, yeah. So <laughs> he's probably number two base. And then, and then Senator Ron Johnson, who just, he's kind of like very stoic, very 
proper and appropriate, but he just like talks shit. He's, you know, if somebody like gives this whole big speech and he's like, yeah, that's, that sounds very good. We're not going to do that. <laughs> so he, he's that guy, but he released a statement this week um, via his Twitter stating that um, he confirms over 3000 deaths uh, in the VIR system and database have happened in the United States. In addition to 10,000 plus hospitalizations due to the experimental COVID vaccination, he is now demanding a congressional investigation on the Biden. So I call him Biden with an A. He calls him Biden with an E, but the Biden. He said, I'm demanding a congressional investigation on the Biden <laughs> and his push to vaccinate on behalf of we the people. Uh, this is America and vaccination should be a choice, not a mandate. Kind of like based. I yeah. Like I don't hate it. Mm-hmm. So the Biden. Um, we have had uh, the administration catching a lot of blowback this week from all angles, which leads me to believe that at some point, well, his son's probably catching a lot of blow. (laughs) Um, A Newsmax reporter. I don't even know what they were doing in the white house press conference uh, with that. snuck in that dumbass Jen Psaki got into it this week and got into a pretty good back and forth. Let's see what they had to say and how that went in regards to um, some of the stuff being alleged with the origins of coronavirus. Jen Fisaki versus Newsmax. Let's hear how that went. You go ahead. Thanks, Jen. I have questions on a couple different topics. First, um, given the number of former Obama administration officials that are now in this Biden administration, I've been and, saying that for uh, months. The president's relatively light schedule. There's a growing perception that this is really just the savage. third term of President Obama. What do you say to people who say that? Who were saying that? Who's saying that? You hear that a lot in the media. Everybody. Who in the media? We are. Different people. The Steak for Breakfast like, podcast. Well, there was lots of questions uh, about when you had Japanese Prime Minister Suga here on the one and only so far in person bilateral head of state meeting. It was Vice President Kamala Harris who greeted the prime minister. Many people found that odd. She's already taking independent one-on-one calls with key allies like Prime Minister Morrison and Justin Trudeau. So I just want to get your reaction to people who question that. Well, it's hard to react when I don't know what people you're talking about. I will say that the president met the prime minister, as you know, and had a full meeting, a full press conference afterwards, and they even shared a meal. So Ooh, uh, and the they president shared a had dozens of conversations yeah. and calls with world leaders, and should be no surprise that the vice president is also playing an important role, engaging with and having discussions with foreign leaders. It, it's more Not so answer. than other vice presidents have. How so? I'd love to see the data. If you want to give me, present that to us. you with that sometimes, and sure. would love to get your reaction on it. would welcome it. Excellent, and then on the coronavirus, um, it's a matter of public record that Dr. Fauci and the NIH-funded gain-of-function uh, experimentation research at the Wuhan Lab of Virology. And given the questions about that lab, why would Dr. Fauci in the U.S. fund that kind of experiments, that kind of research and in a Chinese lab? We go. The fun, I'm sorry, I can't hear you super well. Wow. That is awesome. I said that the NIH and Dr. Fauci. She's like, bitch, per my last email. To the <laughs> lab of That's the lab in question when we talk about the lab leak theory. And given that gain of function research is dicey, 
Why would the U.S. fund that in China? Why would I'm, Dr. Fauci? I, I'm happy to send you to the NIH about more specifics of what program send they you fund to the and NIH. more details of that. Now, I, I do have one more follow-up on okay. that because the, the president hasn't really weighed in. Dr. Fauci is one of the voices who discredit the lab leak theory, but now there's more officials in the Biden administration, like the, the director of national intelligence, the CIA director, and now also the NIH director, who say that this cannot be ruled out, and there's calls for more investigation into it. Who does the president agree with, Dr. Fauci or the other officials? Does he think this it was a lab leak? Say it. Well, the president has said, and I've said from here many times, that there needs to be a credible, independent investigation uh, through the World Health Organization, and that one that relies on data, relies on participation from China and other uh, countries that may have information. That's certainly something everybody has called for, and we look forward to that happening. So there you go. Heated debate between Newsmax and Jen Psaki, which... Zero questions were answered. I like the, I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. Uh, hold on, I need to wait for the people in my earpiece to tell me what to say. Yeah, exactly. I'm getting feedback in my... Yeah. This isn't on the pre-approved This cards. is the panic button. Yeah. Like, yeah. Let me flip through the binder. No, it's not here. I don't have the binder. Yeah. Doesn't everyone know about gain-of-function research, though? I mean, we do it, too. I feel like, I, I always thought that was common knowledge. Like, we're supposed to study viruses, supposedly, before they become a pandemic. Uh-huh. So I just don't know why just, why that would be such a issue for them. Oh, because when you start looking into the receipts, where is it eventually going to lead back to the NIH? And who's in mm -hmm. charge of that whole racket over there? It's Anthony Fauci. Hmm. You're supposed to have a cure when you make a biological weapon. <laughs> Apparently their cure was releasing their sick lab workers into the community of Wuhan and blaming it on a bat. So Maybe his nickname is Bat. Speaking of bats, yes, you know who weighed in on uh, some of the things we've been talking about this week? Batman. I was just going to say Batman. <laughs> Close. Elon Musk. Tucker. Oh. So, oh, yes. He did give us some really good commentary. I was actually surprised. Um, they must have toned down the spankings on him because he's been getting a little... No, here's the thing. I think Tucker's getting ready to start his own brand. Yeah, I, I really do. He's just... Uh, there's no way to explain it. He just goes out there and says things that you know aren't allowed to be said on Fox every night. Do you think, I he's think he should start recording meetings with him and them. Just like, you know what? I'm going to go do my own thing. You guys can fuck yourselves. This is what I'm going to say if you don't he's, like it. He's what's keeping Fox alive. I mean, he, he's caught, he caught a lot of fa flack from conservatives after he kind of cucked it up after the election. Then he was mean to Sidney Powell, which we don't stand for on this show. Motherfucker. How, how fucking. America's grandmother. Dare you. Um, I love her so much. She probably Sidney makes the Powell. best biscuits. Sidney Powell. Sidney Powell. She probably makes like good Southern food. But before we get in on the Tucker Carlson mega mix, which breaks down a lot of the stuff that we're adding commentary to right now, he did talk about some of the uh, COVID death stuff and vax related materials that we've also covered so far. So let's just hear kind of briefly what he had to say about that. Months of this year, the U.S. government has recorded more deaths after COVID vaccinations than from all other vaccines administered in the United States between mid-1997 and the end of 2013. That is a period of 15 and a half years. Again, more people, according to VAERS, have died after getting the shot in four months during a single vaccination campaign than from all other vaccines combined over more than a decade. In just the first... Over more than a decade. 
So that's substantial. Yes, mm-hmm. to say the least. Like I we said, also, w- you know that study that was put out about bears, right? The 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 tracking system that only one percent of cases actually adverse events actually get reported into that system. Oh, the number is probably astronomical. Mm-hmm. It's not being reported, and you know, going off of the concerns that Senator Ron Johnson had, that's just something that's very disturbing, to say the least. Um. Yeah, we're, we're literally walking amongst lab rats right now and, and, and test subjects. And that's just the way it is, period. There's, there's no other way to explain it or to validate, you know, what's going on other than what it is. It's terrifying. When the zombie apocalypse happens, do you guys want to, like, uh, take over the Costco with me? No, why don't, why don't we look at something a little bit more re- realistic? When, when it's actually flu season next year and so many more millions of people actually die because of their compromised immune systems due to an experimental vaccine. No, but they they've been the washing their hands and wearing masks. They're going to be fine. They sure won't. I mean, that's, that's probably a, a whole lot sadder reality to start to think about. That's why I eat food off the floor at work. Yeah, Keep that's my right. immune system strong. And don't use hand sanitizer. No, yes, that's do not like use hand sanitizer. That shit right yeah. there. That just Ooh. takes the energy. You know what? It's actually weird. I can't remember the last time that I used hand sanitizer. I use it on my gloves. <laughs> yeah, but that's I that's mean, like an external cleaner of something that doesn't actually touch your skin. Yeah. Everything from like the uh, immune system benefits all the way up to the energy that you have in your body is destroyed when you use stuff like hand sanitizer. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the skin is the biggest organ, the largest organ of your body. It absorbs so many things throughout the day. And so if you're constantly putting hand sanitizer, which I don't know when the last time somebody looked at the back of a bottle of hand sanitizer to look at all the chemicals that you're absorbing into your body. Mm -hmm. But, you know, next time you see some hand sanitizer, check the back because it's not good. Yeah. So as if that tuckness wasn't good enough mm, there's but wait there's more yeah last night he really went in on it in a long-winded rant that breaks down every aspect of this from the way the administration is handling it to the global response to the possible outcomes um i just called it a tucker mega mix and, and we'll break it down and pause because it is pretty long but we need to get some of these segments in here to better fill the narrative that we're trying to get across right now so let's listen to some portions of that Well, here's one marker. It tells you pretty much everything that the White House that is supposedly so committed to science chose as its head COVID coordinator, a man with no background at all in science or medicine. Perfect. His name is Jeffrey Zients. Zients ran Joe Biden's presidential transition team. That's his qualification. Zients! He's a former management consultant <laughs> from Bain who sat on the board of Facebook. <laughs> wow. Jeffrey Zients is a political operative. That's who's overseeing COVID response for Joe Biden. The good news is because Jeffrey Zients is not even close to being an actual scientist, he doesn't talk like one. Occasionally, he says things whose significance the rest of us can understand clearly. Listen to Jeffrey Zients from CNN yesterday, and it becomes very clear how the White House understands this pandemic. Get it. it. The light at the end of the tunnel is brighter and brighter. Let's keep up our guard. Let's follow the CDC guidance. And the CDC guidance across... Time will allow vaccinated people more and more privileges to take off that mask. Privileges? There it is. The CDC guidance across time will allow vaccinated people more and more privileges to take off that mask. End quote. A sentence like that raises so many questions, it's kind of hard to know where to start. But how about here? 
If vaccines work, why are any vaccinated people wearing masks ever anywhere? Seriously, Jeffrey Zients should be required to explain that slowly and with numbers so the rest of us who didn't serve on the board of Facebook can understand. No one's asked him to explain that, of course, so he hasn't. Nor has anyone asked Jeffrey Zients just how effective masks are at preventing the spread of COVID-19. Our public health authorities act as though masks are absolutely critical. But are they absolutely critical? Where are the serious studies that prove that? Do they exist? If they do exist, is there a reason they're being hidden from the rest of us? And finally, when did masklessness become a privilege? For thousands of years until about 12 months ago, masklessness was the global status quo. Virtually everyone on earth lived without masks. That was not considered weird. Masks were weird. They were unhealthy and menacing. Yet Jeffrey Zients has just informed us that things have changed. Going forward, not wearing a mask, even after you've been vaccinated, is, quote, a privilege. A Scooby snack, a gold star, a pat on the head that may or may not be granted to you exclusively by the Democratic Party on the basis of no science, but purely because they're in charge and you're not. And that's called public health. And it's absolutely critical to the existence of our species that you comply with it reflexively without asking questions or thinking about it. And this will all continue, Jeffrey Zients explained, quote, across time. What does that mean exactly? How long? So there's his little segue into it. He's warming up, to say the least. Okay, he, he brings up Jeffrey Zients. Please don't do it again. <laughs> this is the first show in a long time I haven't had a headache. Who was the Biden transition team administrator and knows nothing about or has ever worked in anything to do with any kind of science. Not, e- not virology or, or anything to do with anything science related. He's been a businessman. He's been on the Facebook board of directors. He's a lobbyist. Well, that's all, the, that's all you need, Facebook. <laughs> well, I mean, when you look at it comparatively, and we have gone over it on the show extensively, and we'll point it out again. Spotify, I hope you're listening. Dr. Anthony Fauci has not treated a patient or worked in a virology lab, however, has funded them, especially in China, sketchy in over 35 years okay he is a lobbyist period he is a um legislative executive signer and that's it he does nothing else relevant in regards to examination study of anything to do with viruses or production or working on anything to do with vaccines at all the only thing he's echoing is the stuff that the people who are the powers that be are telling him to, period. And he's the highest paid federal employee, and he should have been retired a long time and ago. And that's just on the books. Imagine all the other kickbacks he's getting. We're not even talking about his lobbying money. They're just yeah. talking about his salary is somewhere in the neighborhood of $500,000 a year. Good Lord. Yeah. Is, that a, is that a tax bracket? To that, go out and be a fucking <laughs> douchebag. That's a per- heavy tax bracket probably, right? Yeah. It's probably not for him. Yeah. Ladies. It's a waiver. Tuck's warming up. I know we're all triggered by this. Um, yeah, I'm so triggered by it. When did masklessness become a privilege was the question that he asked in the first segment right there. And it's going to get even spicier because he's going to take it to a global level by the time he's done. But how do you guys feel about that? That the, the commentary that signs made said, as the people get the vaccine, they'll be able to eventually do things as a reward to get privileges yeah and get their privileges back which that that include but not cover everything in regards to having to wear their masks we're not fucking grounded 
Apparently. So we kind of, my yeah. personal thoughts on that are that they're using it as a tactic to turn the vaccinated even more against the non-vaccinated. Yes. Because if they can hold out and require the vaccinated to continue to wear masks indefinitely until every single person is vaccinated, or they claim until at least 70% of people are vaccinated, then they're going to run with that because it's going to be, it's basically a major, like it's a mass social it's like a social experiment. It's yes. like how they want the mob to turn on the minority of people. Let's say they say it's about 30%. I've seen some polls that say it's up to 50% of people that don't want the vaccine, uh-huh. but they're going to use the pressure coming from family members, friends, employers, and the business sector to make everybody feel like they have to get it because if they don't, none of us are ever going to return to any semblance of normalcy again so that's i i I can it's just like it's clockwork that's another way to divide people into two different groups i mean if if the racist thing fizzles out then here we go yeah it's just one of those narratives that you have to you know keep seeing with your own eyes and hearing the very few who are at a level high enough to hit masses unfortunately right now it is tucker carlson that is going to keep, you know, that narrative from hopefully becoming something that is eventually like the law. So the issue with Tucker Carlson now is they are now demonizing him and saying that he is the one causing people to now not get vaccinated. Yes. And pinning, you know, society against Tucker Carlson, which it's it's super important to kind of have an imperialistic type of viewpoint on the world. Like you want to see things through data because you have all these narratives that go on. But then when you look at the data, it's not anything near what they're saying no. emotionally. Not even close. So when you look at so when you look at the data, most people over the age of 65 um, our current, I think they, I want to say like almost 70% over the age of 65 are now vaccinated. The people that aren't vaccinated are, are, are minorities in a younger age bracket that would have never voted for Trump or watched Tucker Carlson in the first place. Right. So it's just, it's bizarre, but again, it's just fueling, you know, anybody that is going to talk about these things, going to talk about the adverse events. They are now contributing to the downfall of society, but it's great because now they're setting it up for the fall that when the fall comes and all of these people are getting sick, Uh it's not because of the vaccines. It's because it's a second wave or a third wave or a fourth wave, but it's the fourth, the fourth wave that's going to come and that's going to knock a lot of people on their asses. They're going to say it's the next variant being caused by the non-vaccinated. Yeah. When in reality, it's not the next variant. It's the vaccine. The crazy thing is, is so like psychologically, it's been programmed in our brains for so long that vaccines are not the cause of side effects. So when anytime somebody has some type of injury, even when they do have the vaccine, they themselves don't even question that it was the vaccine that caused it. Uh-huh. So we have a lot of work to do psychologically to break down these types of programmings. Um, so I think as a collective, we're doing a good job. And Tucker Carlson is really like holding it down and, mm-hmm. and saying things that need to be said. However, he's an outlier. You know, he's the only one on the news or in television, in mass media, talking poorly about vaccines, which if anybody is listening That's a huge red flag. Think about all the times, you know, if you watch a lot of television, which I'm assuming this listener base 
kind of doesn't. But if you're watching a lot of television and you, and you, how many times are you are you hearing anybody talk against the vaccine? Don't you think that's odd? Yes, one hundred. Yes, yes. So when it's like Anyways. one senator that they're calling crazy, and, and, and you know you have like Joy Reid and all those other idiots calling him Tucky and making him fun or making fun of him because he didn't get into Harvard or didn't pass the CIA entrance exam, and using that as reasons to debunk the facts that he's giving out you know that either they're scared he's either right over the target or both yeah right what do you got well the everybody's getting peer pressured into getting the vaccine but then i'm not there's also the people that are getting forced to based on their employment and I saw this online and I went to the actual OSHA website and found it. And there's like the FAQ, all the questions and stuff like that. And there's a whole vaccine related section. And it goes for, if I require my employees to take the COVID-19 vaccine as a condition of their employment, are adverse reactions to the vaccine recordable? Question mark. The answer is, if you require your employees to be vaccinated as a condition of employment, i.e. for work-related reasons, then any adverse reaction to the COVID-19 vaccine is work-related. Adverse reaction is recordable. It is a new case under 29 CFR, blah, 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 and meets one of the one or more of the general recording criteria. So then on the other hand, there's the, I do not require my employees to get the COVID-19 vaccine. However, I do recommend they receive the vaccine and may provide it to them or make arrangements for them to receive it off-site. If an employee has an adverse reaction to the vaccine, am I required to record it? So basically it says no, although adverse reactions to recommended COVID-19 vaccines may be recordable. And it goes on all the stipulations, but it basically says, note, for this discretion to apply, the vaccine must be truly voluntary. For example, an employee's choice to accept or reject the vaccine cannot affect the performance rating or professional advancement. So there's probably people that are working somewhere and they're getting shit on because mm -hmm. they're not getting the vaccine. Yeah. So if it's not truly vac truly voluntary, but how are they going to prove that if they go to try to file a, a suit if it And listen to yeah. to help in, help in to rationalize this. A fake vax card or saying you got the jab is now a felony. Right. Well, no, the card is, but saying you got it just to not have to be included in some of those peer pressures or something that doesn't necessarily help solve the problem at all no it really doesn't i mean if you if you are not getting it and you're not getting it for the obvious reasons okay that's been outlined on this show and several others since its inception is the only reason that you should be using period in regards to anything standing up to this crap that's going on with this stuff right now because it's getting out of control yeah you know There you go. <laughs> hey, you want to know who's going to lift you up right now? A little bit more tucky. How long will this terrifyingly irrational exercise continue? For the answer to that question, we go now to a man even more partisan than Jeffrey Zients. Imagine that. Here's the nation's most highly credentialed political operative, Tony Fauci, letting you know that actually this mask thing is never going to end. Ever. Good old Tony. But is the mask going to be something we have with us in a seasonal aspect? 
You know, that's quite possible. I think people have gotten used to the fact that wearing masks clearly, if you look at the data, diminishes respiratory diseases. So it is conceivable Increases. that as we go on a year or two or more from now, that during certain seasonal periods you when you have respiratory-borne viruses like the flu, people might actually elect to wear masks to diminish well, I like the elect. likelihood that you'll spread no. these respiratory-borne diseases. There's that flu diseases. teaser I talked about, yeah. too. A year or two or more from now. In other words, never. You're never taking off the mask. Get ready for a lifetime of filthy, wet cotton covering your mouth. No. Reduced oxygen flow to your brain. Negative. And a world where every stranger looks the same because no one has a face. I remember faces. When Kamala Harris and her husband kissed the other day while wearing masks, Stupid. they were giving you a preview of your daughter's wedding. Yep. In a masked world, human beings never really touch each other. Is that public health? No, it's not public health. It's a kind of punishment. Tony Fauci is punishing the country, you, us, everyone. The question is, why is he doing that? Maybe he likes it, that's possible. But you've gotta think that at least part of Tony Fauci's authoritarian germ hysteria is a cover for something else. Mm -hmm. Could it be that Tony Fauci is trying to divert attention from himself and his own personal role in the COVID-19 pandemic? Now, what do we mean by that? We cannot recommend more strongly a new piece by Nicholas Waite who for more than 50 years has one, been one of the preeminent science writers in the world. For 30 years, Nicholas Wade worked for the New York Times. He edited the science section there, but this piece did not run in the New York Times. It ran on Medium. Before I continue, the guy he's talking about, just to reiterate the fact, he, all right, New York Times, we all know what it's famous for most recently, 1619 Project. But this guy has edited probably liberally, their science section for 50 years. Okay, so it's not like him saying anything that's against the narrative that the mainstream, that the normies, that the government is trying to push in regards to the vaccine, in regards to the pandemic, in regards to the rollout of all this stuff and the mask wearing. It's not like a narrative from him would necessarily be something that's so ultra conservative that it would raise red flags. However, maybe... Over the course of those 50 years, this guy actually did just trust the science and use the data, which went into his narrative of this eventual article. I want, I want you guys to listen to what this is about and see, you know, where we're kind of going with this and why there's going to be some more really big distractions when it comes to all this other shit that's going on with coronavirus. It's all tying itself together right now. The piece explains where this virus almost certainly came from. In it, Nicholas Wade makes it clear that more than any other single living American, Tony Fauci is responsible for the COVID-19 pandemic. Wade lays out a nearly insurmountably large amount of evidence that this virus originated at the Wuhan Institute of Virology in central China. Imagine that. It seemed to make sense this show and others had raised the possibility from the early days of the pandemic. But this piece all but proves it. At the time the outbreak began last fall, the Wuhan lab was conducting experiments on how to make bat viruses infectious to human beings. Those experiments were funded by American tax dollars. Those experiments were, their funding, approved and directed by Tony Fauci in there Washington. There you go. There it is. By Tony Fauci. That is hard to believe, but it's true, and the piece lays it out. Got him. Many of the Wuhan experiments fell under the direction of a Chinese researcher called Shi Zheng Li known as the Bat Lady. She was China's leading expert on bat-borne viruses. 
Her job was to genetically engineer coronaviruses so that they infect human beings and do so as easily as possible. This work, Nicholas Wade notes, involved, quote, doing gain-of-function experiments designed to make coronavirus infect human cells. Now, why was this research going on? You'll have to ask the scientists who did it. But the fact remains, these were some of the most dangerous experiments ever conducted by mankind. And yet we know that China was not taking necessary safety precautions, and we should not be surprised by that. Several years ago, American diplomatic cables warned about low and lax standards at the Wuhan lab. In fact, the Wuhan facility was classified as a biosafety level two laboratory. What does that mean? Well, according to Richard Ebright, who's a molecular biologist at Rutgers, that is approximately the same level of safety that you would find in a dentist's office in America. So that lab conducting research experiments on the coronavirus and how to make it transmissible to human beings resulted almost certainly in the infection of a lab researcher and the virus spread from there. The first coronavirus patients, in fact, did not come from the so-called wet market, as we heard. That was a lie. The first patients of the coronavirus, in fact, were employees at the Wuhan Institute of Virology, at the lab. So once again, why would the Wuhan lab be conducting experiments like that in the first place? Well, we know that Tony Fauci had authorized payment for the research. For five years, from 2014 to 2019, the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, which Tony Fauci runs and has for decades, pumped money to a group called the EcoHealth Alliance. The EcoHealth Alliance is run by a man whose name you may recognize, Dr. Peter Daszak. Daszak contracted with Dr. Xi to conduct gain-of-function experiments at the Wuhan lab. Just before the pandemic became public knowledge, on December 9, 2019, Peter Daszak sat for an interview that was streamed online. In that interview, Daszak bragged about how easy it is to manipulate coronaviruses in lab experiments. So before we get into that interview, just when you thought it couldn't get any worse, <laughs> that this thing was not created in a wet market, it was leaked from a level three virology lab in Wuhan, China, probably from an infective lab worker, number one. Number two, that lab worker was doing money, or doing research with money, funded by the U.S. federal government. Your Namely, tax dollars. Our tax dollars signed off on by Anthony Fauci. And number three, just when you thought it couldn't get any worse, you got some of these assholes that show up at fucking Davos and the World Economic Forum all the time <laughs> creeping right into the fucking narrative. Imagine that. Weird. We're, we're looking at mass, global depopulation getting worked into the start of this coronavirus narrative. You know, this is all stuff that We've speculated on this show an extent for the last couple of months, but now we're starting to get the actual facts for the first time in, you know, the form of narrative from commentators like Tucker, but with supporting evidence like the actual people who said that they were fucking doing it. So there you go. That's kind of a uh, <laughs> wow. Kind of not don't really know what to say. Well, except that's real sketchy. They're all going to die. That's what, that's what, I mean, you know, I hate to say it, but it's not looking pretty good for all these people that are just running out there and, you know, hoping they get the dud with saline in it. I mean, that's what I'm hopeful for, for some of the people that I know personally that have gotten it, that have had to have gotten it. You know, I hope they got the, the fucking placebo. Mm -hmm. Is there a placebo? 
There were a lot of articles coming out from different places um, in the U.S., separate states where they were reporting on people that accidentally got saline injections yeah, instead I saw of the that. actual COVID shot. Uh-huh. Um, but it wasn't only in the U.S. It was also, I think, in Canada and, and it was also reported in the U.K. Yeah. So that's just what we've heard. So how, like what percentage? Who knows? Like what is the actual placebo amount? Yeah, we, we, we read off of an article in here that there was like a shipment of 400 vaccines that turned out to be saline that was interdicted in Mexico like a couple weeks ago. So it was confirmed that they were saline. So people are bootlegging the vaccine. Yeah. So, but yeah, that's where we're at with this right now. I mean, it doesn't surprise me that a virology lab in China would have like a shittier version of their protocols for, you know, keeping a clean area. Yeah, they probably don't. Yeah. But also, wasn't there a concern over all of the DNA um, with Ancestry and 23andMe, like within the military personnel community, like don't don't participate in that because China's basically mining that data. Of course, this stuff has been going on probably for yeah. decades. Like when it reaches the mainstream narrative, even as yeah, speculative, it's been like twenty years, right? Even 30 as and 50. speculative or as conspiracy theory, when they start mm-hmm. saying that stuff, that means it's just accidentally spilled out onto the floor of. This is where we're at now as basically a society. You know what I'm saying? Like they, they've learned some of the information. Let's just try to debunk it. But at the same time, keeping the narrative alive, you know, in the same place. So I, I just feel like um, all of those DNA uh, testing websites and, and genealogy things are, are, are something that's at the very least shady. Yeah. Yeah. So. And now that I feel like the COVID tests are sort of taking over for that. Of course. Of course. So I don't know. It's just one of those things where, I mean, I've kind of had it. You say somebody wants to clone me. <laughs> there might be another you. It's there. to map yeah. the human genome in its totality. <clears throat> yeah. You want to know what's weird? We'll talk about that real quick. I think there was a guy behind me at Costco last week. I went, mm-hmm. I picked up a pizza for my kids and I, I went up and I, she asked who my name was. I told her. She asked what I ordered, and I told her. And I paid and left, and I took literally two steps away. The guy behind me, same name, same pizza. And I just stopped and turned around, looked at him, and he kind of like looked at me, and then I just like was like felt the it was cre- a glitch in the matrix. Yeah, and I just went to my. Car. I said, "Wow, that's an older, whiter version of me right there." But I don't know. If, it definitely wasn't a clone. What kind of pizza was it? Half and half. Mm. Yeah, my son likes cheese. My daughter likes pepperoni. I'm dead. So. But you know who else has absolutely completely had it with all this coronavirus bullshit? Me. Besides us. Oh. And the ladies. Senator Rand Paul. Oh, yeah. And he, yes. he got a little chance to uh, uh, he is dig into our good friend Tony today up on Capitol Hill. Phenomenal. When he probably made a late entrance into the uh, hearing, I don't know, and, and kind of just uh, asked him a few questions directly related to that lab and who signed off on the funding. Let's hear what Rand Paul had to say today had a 15% mortality. We're fighting a pandemic that has about a 1% mortality. Can you imagine if a SARS virus that's been juiced up and had viral proteins added to it, to the spike protein, if that were released accidentally? Dr. Fauci, do you still support funding of the NIH funding of the lab in Wuhan? Senator Paul, with all due respect, you are entirely 
and completely incorrect that the NIH has not ever and does not now fund gain-of-function research in the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Do they fund Dr. Barrick? We do not fund... Do you fund gain, Dr. Barrick's gain-of-function research? Dr. Barrett does not doing gain-of-function research, and if it is, it's according to the guidelines, and it is being conducted in North Carolina. You don't think inserting a bat virus spike protein that he got from the Wuhan Institute into the SARS virus is gain of function. That is not the minority because at least 200 scientists have signed a statement from the Cambridge Working Group saying that it is gain of function. Well, it is not. And if you look at the grant and you look at the uh, progress reports, it is not gain of function, despite the fact that people tweet that. So do you still support sending money to the Wuhan Virology Institute? We do not send money now to the Wuhan uh, Virology Institute. Do you support sending money? We did, under your tutelage. We were sending it through EcoHealth. It was a sub-agency and a sub-grant. Do you support the money from NIH that was going to the Wuhan Institute? Let me explain to you why that was done. The SARS-CoV-1 originated in bats in China. It would have been irresponsible of us if we did not investigate the bat viruses and the serology to see who might have been or, infected. Or perhaps it would be irresponsible to send it to the China. Well, there you go. <laughs> First of all, Rand Paul never, ever, I mean, I had the pleasure of watching the video of it, refers to any kind of a note. He's got dates, names. Some of the names are like Chinese people. Or like German scientists who have worked on it, like seven-letter acronyms and then names the agency. I mean, I know he's Senator Dr. Ron Paul, Rand Paul, or Dr. Senator Rand Paul, but he never even he just sits there with his elbow on the table, waiting for you to fuck up and then corrects you and, and then, then slaps ask you to, the piss yeah, out immediately of you. asks you the next question. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't know. I, I could play the audio because Tucker played it towards the end of that segment we were listening to, where everything Tony Fauci said. That did not happen. Literally, the guy who was in charge of helping fund that lab from like the WEF claimed that they were doing manipulating the proteins and the spikes in the coronavirus in December of 2019, supposedly a month before it was released into the community of Wuhan. Um, but I don't think we need to because we all know that it's true. Yep. I mean, to, to think that somebody ate a bat and got this and spread it to the entire globe is completely ignorant and irresponsible to even run with that and for the fact that the highest paid federal employee is still around running around saying this narrative is just absolutely disgusting well you can't change the script completely it's going to come out anyways it's apparently they've already got several receipts of you know all the stuff that went on there you have everything from actual testimony from people who have worked in the lab and defected to all of the government records through which FOIA you can see who signed it when and what it was for so it's just taken us to this point to actually get there and get them and uh like i said when you use the metaphor that the rich housewife wants her life back so she can sleep with her gardener or pool boy oh pablo exactly glistening in the sun trimming those hedges skimming those mosquitoes trimming her hedges Um, that's what a majority of the world wants to get back to. I mean, you're having these mass rallies now in almost on a weekly basis, not only in the United States, in Germany, 
You had one um, two weeks ago in the UK, and now you're going to have an even larger one in a few days. And it's one of those things to where, like, people have absolutely fucking had it. Uh, I think one of the worst places that we don't talk about um, that's even locked down worse than California was up to this point now is Canada. I mean, between them and, and certain parts of Australia, they're having some of the worst, like, back when we first shut everything down, and it was like a ghost town out there. The only people who were working were the actual essentials, and that's just because our works didn't want to give us the days off, so... Mm. Yeah, got us. But that's fine because I got it and it came and went. And I could debunk it as not a thing. So, ladies, what do you think on that um, heated exchange between Tony, Fauci, and uh, Rand Paul? Well, I mean, I, I just think that it, it plays into a lot of what we've heard about event 201 that occurred six months before the pandemic mm-hmm. began. And also the Rockefeller Foundation documents that came out in 2010 that talked about um, basically doing like a war game for what it would be like if a global pandemic were to strike at some point. And they talk about lockdowns, um, living in lockstep where all countries basically have to unify together in order to contain the virus. Um, The same messaging needs to go out. Um, you need to take control of the media and social media because there's going to be misinformation and disinformation. It's sort of like it was already written up like years and years in advance. And we know, you know, we've heard things that Bill Gates has said, of course, like he is a major funder behind all the vaccines and a lot of um, the agencies that are involved, like World Health Organization, right. his own foundation with Bill and Melinda Gates. So I kind of feel like it's been coming down the pipeline for a while, but now we're actually living it out. So none of it really surprises me i I just think that like their their simulation is running its course at this point yeah it sure is so and i definitely see it um holding on by literally the fingernails at this point because we've gotten into uh you know the weed so far that when literally nothing's happening even with them trying to inject both literally and metaphorically something new into the narrative like the jab to kind of bump mm-hmm. bump those death numbers up and get everybody scared again um people have just have have absolutely had it so i know nick's had it you want to tell everybody about your your neck gator that you've had for a year and a half i lost it actually there oh what the <laughs> fuck so what are you wearing now um another one well i think it's at my brother's house okay um <clears throat> i had it in my back pocket and i think i sat on his couch in it um, got stuck somewhere because then I went, we went out to dinner later, later that night and I couldn't find it. I was pretty bummed. Have you had to walk into a store with just your t-shirt over your face yet? No, but I've said this before. I, what, I witnessed somebody at the gas station do that and the clerk turned him around. Why? It's the same thing. This is the better part. A guy literally, I couldn't make this up. It's like from a movie. A guy walks right past this guy leaving uh-huh. into the automatic doors as I'm like With a t-shirt out. wrapped around his head? Correct. And I was like... That was like the first week of the whole mask pandemic shame thing. And I was like, this is a joke. Because this guy <laughs> literally just grabbed a t-shirt. And I would literally it. go out to my car and I would cut the shape of a mask out of the center of my shirt. That'd be hilarious. And then come back in wearing it with just like my nipples hanging out. <laughs> what would be even better is if you just <laughs> cut two holes where your nipples go and then just flip the shirt above your head so you can see <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, somebody. Just, just for the fact that Nick said that means he's actually done it. Yeah. Right, somebody tell Cuomo about that. 
party tits. <laughs> I thought we weren't going to bring him up today. I'm oh. the masked sausage. What did he say today? No, what was the new one he said? He wanted to... He, you ready for this? Yeah. The most recent allegation. Oh, we're going to talk about party tits. Hey, fuck it. Why not? He, he wanted to dip the entire garlic knot in the sauce. Uh, yeah, his entire garlic knot. Dip it in the sauce. The whole, the whole thing in the sauce. Right. I mean, telling a young lady to eat the entire sausage is one thing. Yeah. But w- when you refer to your own penis as a garlic knot, you got some fucking issues. Poor guy. Yeah, exactly. I'm Italian, I mean, and, and like, I don't even refer to my own penis as a garlic that's knot. That's just like a cleanliness problem. Yeah, it kind of is. So, uncircumcision confirmed? Yeah. Got him. Maybe that's pierced. Maybe a cannoli, but... Well... We we did have some news this week from down on the border. Uh, some of it good and most of it bad. Um, our good friend and former CBP. Anybody know what that stands for? Uh, California Border Patrol. Thank you. California. The former something. head um, claims that the administration and associate criminal Alejandro Mayorkas, head of DHS and former head of CIS, where he gave visas out to everybody. Is it just me, or is that guy a dumbass? No, he knows exactly what he's doing. He just plays one on television. Oh. So he said he's turning the city into a sanctuary country for illegal aliens. What city? Um, former acting uh, California Border Patrol Commissioner Mark Morgan says the president and Department of Homeland Security secretary are turning the country into a sanctuary for illegal aliens. Um, as reported this week, and I'm reading from Breitbart, um... It showed 2,962 illegal aliens were deported in the month of April by ICE agents. Seems like a decent number. Actually, it's the lowest number of people deported since the numbers were reportable ever in the history of deportations. When were they reportable? Um, Long time ago. Yeah, decades. I mean, the Border Patrol's very 150-something years yeah. old. So, uh, likewise, in March, just 3,700 um Aliens were deported by ICE agents. At the current pace, fewer than 55,000 illegal aliens are expected to be deported this year, which will be the lowest annual number in recorded history. Um, Just to give you a for instance, I think the last year of that President Trump was in office, the average across the board was 240,000, and his highest ever was 365,000 in a fiscal year. So you're talking this year, possibly 55,000 total. Seems low. Yeah. Um, Probably holding on to some dead weight. Yeah, it says after uh, Title 42 went into effect last year, ICE uh, removal numbers fell sharply, but deportations have dropped further in recent months from about 6K a month during the final uh, few of the Trump administration to less than 3K last month for the first time ever. Um, The arrests, not even deportations, are down over 60-plus percent. And just to give you a demographic... Wait, arrests like... Of them actually apprehending people? Yes. So here's what ties that together. ICE has released a number. Um, There's about 600 ERO agents nationwide. Mm -hmm. Again, reading from Breitbart. And they are now averaging one arrest point every 2.5 months on pace for four arrests per each ICE agent in the country this year. Yeah. Just imagine your only job is to arrest illegal aliens, and now the national average will be one arrest per 2.5 months. Throughout the year. Four arrests per year. I mean, they play in the long game, like sitting outside his house, like hanging out. The long game is amnesty for everybody. I know. So mm-hmm. let's be realistic. Ladies, uh, open, you, bo- open borders, so, weigh in. 
My, all right. So it triggers my memory to, I think it was back during the Bush administration. There was a segment, I forget which network it was on. I don't know if it was Fox or like MSNBC, but they talked about the North American Union. Yes. Do you, do you remember hearing about that? Mm-hmm. I just sometimes wonder if this is sort of the continuation of that, where it was talking about um, basically, basically absolving or um, getting rid of the borders between Mexico and Canada and then kind of joining it together and then creating um, a currency called the Amero. Right. Mm. <laughs> no, it, it, it sounds it, so stupid, but I mean, I just remember it from years and years ago it, and it, was it just seems it just seems like it's playing into that um, yeah. whatever it was, an agenda. If that doesn't get your hopes up enough, the uh, former African-American vice president, current Asian-American vice president. Wait, she's Asian now? Camelia <laughs> Harris, as she's known on this show, got up and walked out of her first face-to-face meeting on border security and illegal immigration with um, Obrador from Mexico, who later... He accused the Biden administration of orchestrating a coup. Coup. <laughs> Sorry, I'm like Ron Burgundy sometimes. Um, this is from the Gateway Pundit. Say whip. It talked about some of the highlights from the relationship that Obrador and Trump had and then stated that these days are over. Today, under the Biden-Kamala administration, the U.S. border is wide open and the Mexican president is not pleased with the way the administration is assisting cartel leaders in Mexico with their insane policies. On Friday, Lopez Obrador accused the administration of orchestrating a coup against his. Literally. So he told the United States, like, you're literally fucking me over. Like, in more ways than one with this open borders bullshit. Well, yeah. Um, he referred to Kamala Harris as the borders are and used air quotes when he did. <laughs> so... And then he uh, released a statement, which was first produced by ABC International, and it states, Much has changed in the attitude of the Mexican president, Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador, towards the White House and after the departure of Donald Trump. Um, During my first major meeting with with the U.S. vice president, who has recently assumed the task of solving the migration crisis at the border, um, I have come and accused his northern neighbor of um, being a financier, and basically a component of coup plotters. Uh, he later added the, the rudeness of communicating with Kamala Harris and that she was not going to stay for the entire meeting. When he brought it up, she abruptly ended it and virtually walked out. It's professional. Yeah. So um, he said, we need to stop this fighting, and, and he's trying to understand where they're coming from, but he doesn't. Um, Maybe she smelled the fresh churros outside and just had to get some. It was virtual. Virtual face. Oh, so she's wearing a mask. She couldn't have smelled it anyway. She kissed her husband with a mask on. So the Mexican president went on to continue and says, it's interference, it's interventionism, and it's promoting coup plotters. Uh, They're describing the funding that comes from the bodies across the border and that the U.S. Agency for International Development, commonly known as USAID, is helping these people. Mm-hmm. Basically, they semi-truck them up from lower to upper Mexico and then across the border and says because the people who are crossing the border, has each one has a monetary value on their head. You know, we, we've brought up so much stuff, and it, it just continues to go on and on, him airing his concerns, and it's not really important because they're all the same thing. Like, the people who are working in Washington, D.C. right now are not for the people. They're not for America first. They could give two fucks. 
And it's just to appease the side who wanted everything that Donald Trump did be erased. Yeah. Period. Um, so, you know, and we, we've had so many terrible instances on the show where we described, like, we've had the two kids, three and six years old, literally dropped from, what, 30 feet? I think that was one of the shorter fences, but, yeah. So, I what, mean, a 15 de- a, feet at yeah, least? Yeah, a decent amount. Yeah. yeah, from the top of the fence to the ground and just I'd left. be hard-pressed to drop my dog from that distance. You also had the kid, last time we had Geisha on here, her last time in studio, right? We talked about the kid who walked up, he was crying, he didn't know where his mom yeah. was. She's being held for $5,000 ransom. It's been on TV. The mom? The mom. So, yeah, apparently, like, that kid got away or stuck with another group. They're not going to get their money for the kid because kid found, you know, Border Patrol agents once he walked into the United States. So now they're holding the mom ransom. Oh. Yeah. So and not not talking, even including the human trafficking component, the sex trafficking component, especially with the minor demographic and all the other shit that's going on. So it's one of those things where we need to, uh, you know, really get into the whole what is the end game here? And it's kind of to just help them increase their voter base. And how are these cartels keeping track of these guys other than keeping the immigrants in their custody for slavery? Wristbands. Wristbands? Wristbands. So like, like somebody, a, somebody's running the books on this. Like yeah. you still owe me $5,000. Yeah. And if you don't, your family does. And if your family doesn't, well, they're already dead. I mean, it's just the way it goes. So, in addition to the unmitigated economic migrants that continue to flow over for the sole purpose of getting free shit. So, I, I'm kind of wondering about your perspective on, um, I know you guys track the World Economic Forum also in Klaus yeah. Schwab. And he talks about how the United States will no longer, by 2030, the U.S. will no longer be the global superpower it will be shared amongst many nations we, we saw that image with the flag of china and france in mm-hmm. front of us yeah How so there's some that think it's almost like an orchestrated demolition of the western world yeah. and so to do that you would have to allow open borders and let everybody in to kind of bring down the you know the quality of living the the um economic structure and absolutely everything so it's basically just a way to yeah we had we had a girl on our show last week who lives (laughs) lives in the uk and i'm sure you've kind of heard you know what she had to say when i asked her about the unmitigated migration and the stuff that's allowed to be going Mm -hmm. on there it's working out very well for them her hometown that her family like the town has been around since like fucking braveheart times and her town doesn't exist anymore. It is now a Pakistani refugee camp. Over 90% of the town is gone. That's been around since, what, the 1400s? Maybe. maybe. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's just crazy how fast, what, a decade? You know, mm-hmm. they've, they've erased so many different portions and, you know, national presences of all these countries throughout Europe with the importation of millions of North African Mm -hmm. migrants into the community and all the bad stuff that happens that goes along with that. When you have people that aren't going to assimilate, have no plan to only want to live off the government and feel entitled once they get to a place where they know they're not going to get in trouble. I mean, those guys do do the things that they do in Germany. They get booked and released. They, They like five guys rape a girl. They get booked and released. They never. But it's designed that way. Yeah. Like it. But if they like do, it's designed if, if, that way, you do, know what I mean. And I think it's just super important to kind of look at it 
with a different lens of this depopulation agenda and also just zooming out and looking at, okay, so we talk about all of these different types of agendas that go on Uh that, that every system and every narrative set in place is kind of a building block onto another. So when you zoom out and you look at, okay, well, what would be the next thing? What we're really looking at is agenda 2030. Yes. And so when you have that as your setting objective, then you can look at the border patrol and see, okay, well now I understand why the borders are being open. Mm -hmm. And okay, now I understand why everybody's being vaccinated because it all links back to when you zoom out to this, to the bigger goal and the bigger world view of what's going to happen. So the real, it's, it's great to talk about like the nuances of what's going on, but I want people that are listening to also kind of zoom out and, and think what is the bigger objective here? Cause it's super important because it all links to one thing and that's agenda 2030. Yes. Yes. It's a huge, huge factor. And, and if you haven't looked into that, run that shit through Google or, for sure. or it whatever. started with agenda 20, it was agenda 21 yeah. and now it's agenda 2030. Um, also have you, you've heard of the wildlands project as well. Yeah. yeah. We, we've covered all that stuff on this show mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah, and that's the transhumanism agenda. That's basically every leftist narrative is head f- is go ahead. Sorry. The fourth yeah. industrial revolution, the fourth mm-hmm. industrial revolution, um, you know, that goes back to Bill Gates owning all of the farmland that 40%. even goes 40% of the farmland that even goes In, to, yes. Mm-hmm. Then you see, oh, you know, it's interesting, like on a granular level, like now you see Kim Kardashian posting and, and promoting that she's on a plant based diet. And right. now she's promoting Impossible Burger, which now you're seeing Impossible Burger. It's a subconscious it's a subconscious subconscious type of program. You see it now in Starbucks. You see it at Red Robin. You see this impossible burger and it's slowly going to infiltrate because what they want is they want you to get off meat. They want you to get onto an impossible type of product, a synthetic meat, which by the way, has glyphosate in it. If you don't know what glyphosate is, glyphosate is the main ingredient in Roundup. Yes. And when you think about it too, they want they want men to be weak. They want atrazine in our water. They're, the feminization of men is here. The The breakdown of the family system has occurred. Transhumanism agenda, all of it is to break us down to become weak, dumb, smart, and easy to control. Yeah. It's, it's, it's 100% a fact. And, you know, there there's a lot of stuff going on for post-COVID uh, planning from the World Economic Forum, and that's some of the things that they, you know, that you've just outlined that they're definitely, um, you know, pushing in, in regards to that narrative because they may have missed a couple benchmarks along the way due to our resistance and resilience here in the United mm-hmm. States at least. I'm sure they're not too pleased with the, uh, you know, the overall outcome of the Great Awakening, and, you know, they're going to be doing things moving forward. If you don't think they have plan B, C, and D, then... Oh, for sure. Yeah, they got it. Right. Yeah, we're they're literally queued up. living it right now. Mm-hmm. So it, it's just one of those things that we need to continue to do what we're doing, continue to be, you know, content providers and make sure that, you know, we're also encouraging people at the same time to do their research mm-hmm. and to, you know, find out this stuff for themselves because uh, um, the, the things that we talk about on your show and... and Nicole and Vila, the things that you guys talk about on your shows are, are both very different, but in the same aspect that like at some point somewhere down the line, we all kind of meet up in one place. 
Yeah, um, this shit is fucked. For sure. I, yeah. you know, I think during, like offline, I kind of talked about, we all hold the light grid in some sense. We are, we're content providers, but we're also like light workers and light warriors. And we have this type of architect where we're trying to spread this light to humanity. Uh-huh. And so, yeah, you, granted, we talk about different things. We talk about how to break the matrix and there's so many different types of matrixes. You talk about big pharma, people are on antidepressants, people that are drinking fluoride water, that are drinking tap water, that are doing the fluoride toothpaste and all of those things. And so it's important to provide content and you know what Nicole and I really specialize in and we're, 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 and I guess I'd actually say that I don't want to say specialize because we are, we are beginners. We're just trying to escape the matrix as ourselves. And so we want to bring our audience along with us, but we want to, provide resources on how does, what does that look like on a day-to-day basis? Because when we talk about the matrix, we don't mean let's go and time travel to the fifth dimension on an imaginary island. When we mean escape the matrix, we mean we want to live here in the now, but we want to have a different and a fresh pair of eyes to look at things for what they really are. And when you have 30 years of programming that's built in all of us and all of this subconscious hacking and hijacking that they've done to us um it takes it takes a lot and so that's kind of like what our premise is and for anybody that's listening you know there are there it's not an overwhelming thing it's take it one day at a time and yeah do your do your research and and um try to break away as much as you can because things that we really were programmed to care about it's all an illusion. It's all a deception. All of the anxiety, all of the depression, all of the isolation that we experience is because we've been set into a matrix that is designed to keep us down, designed to make us feel like shit and designed to make us chase external factors. That is an unquenchable thirst. And so at the end of the day, we are in fluorescent jail cells And we're getting prescribed antidepressants because we're trying to adjust ourselves to a sick society when in reality, we are not the sick ones. It's society that is sick. And so we try to break down the society structures that have been set in place and programmed for us to believe that we're supposed to fit in because we're not. We're supposed to break away from it. Yeah. If you're trying to bring yourself down to the level of trash, then you're kind of going to screw yourself up in the process for sure. No, I think mm-hmm. those are all excellent points and, and definitely ones that I think that, uh, you know, moving forward that we're all going to be able to use together when, uh, you know, we kind of find out what some of these outcomes are going to be. Mm. Well, you know, there's a lot of stuff that's going on these days and regardless of whether you're breaking the matrix or reporting the news, um, I think the fact of the matter is you can pretty much feel comfortable in saying that there are people out there working on all of our listeners' behalfs to kind of get them motivated to do the exact things they need to to be more informed and more prepared. Um, Ladies of the Matrix Assassins, thank you so much for coming down and spending some time with us and and breaking it down the uh, 3D, maybe a little 5D way. Yep. Um, Why don't you tell all of our listeners where they could find you and again, what you guys are all about, what you guys got going on. And uh, basically anything you want to let our listenership know. For sure. Well, thank you guys so much for inviting us on. 
And for those that are listening, genuinely, the matrix hides the truth from humanity by instilling societal expectations and belief systems that are meant to enslave us. It's honestly the biggest deception to ever take place in the history of mankind. So now the question is, how do we escape it and how do we exit the simulation? You can check out our podcast, Matrix Assassins, and and join Nicole and I on our journey to assassinate the Matrix. You can also find us on Instagram at Matrix Assassins. Our podcast is available on all major frequencies. There you go. I like it. You haven't got kicked off Spotify yet? Not yet. Never. What do you guys they love us? What they you, eat our shit up. What are you guys Matrix Assassins Instagram handles? At Matrix Assassins. I like it. Um, Nicole, do you have any final words for us? Give it to us. Um, I mean, my take on it is I just think that it's important for people to take back their power, take back personal individuality. Um, don't be afraid to express an opinion. This is the time to do it. And I really think that we all need to be battle ready and prepared for what's coming. Yeah, so important. Well, again, hashtag we, assassinate the matrix. There you go. We appreciate you guys coming down. And I could say for someone who's a regular listener of your show, it is extremely well put together. Um, it's informative and it's definitely a different vibe than this show. So if you want a little bit more, um, actually a whole lot more, go subscribe to the Matrix Assassins and find out everything that they got going on. Um, the Steak for Breakfast podcast can be downloaded on all major podcasting platforms. iTunes, Spotify, Pandora, Podbean, and Google Podcasts. Subscribe to the show. Rate, not one star. Mm. Nick will look for you. Write a bad review. He's going to fucking find you. Yep. Um <laughs> Our episodes can also be found on our website, steakforbreakfastpodcast.com, and on Instagram at steakforbreakfastpodcast and steakforpodcastbreakfast. Hit the notification bell because we put some fire content into our stories. Um, We're also on Twitter at DOS23TRES, and on Gab at steakforbreakfastpodcast. Download the show, listen, like, follow, and share. Um, Our upcoming shows right now, uh, we have our sister cast... And great friend of the show, Lala Beam. She will be circling back with us next week. Nice. So we can expect a lot of great OC from her. And we're all looking forward to it. Um, the week after that, Garbaggio's Revenge. He's coming down. Rad. Yeah, this is going to be, uh, I think, one of his first podcasting ventures. And it's going to be a good time. We're probably going to be breaking down the news and comparing them with a whole lot of memes and shit posts and more. And then we're going to have a New Friends uh, podcast the week after that on June 1st. Um, Kara from Let's Be Friends and Alice from the Unpopular Blonde podcast. So they're going to be joining us at the same time and uh, joining us for some commentary as well. Um, please support our sponsors. Uh, they all help make our show great again. Odyssey, they're on Facebook and at odyssey.com. Stay Ready Gear, they're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram and at stayreadygear.com. Manrubs at manrubs.com, also on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, West Coast Survival Arms is at westcoastsurvivalarms.com. Hit Mike up. He will get you strapped and ready to go. Uh, MediocreMedic.com is on Instagram as well. And Dumpbox.us. Mark Joe Friday, home of the top-tier tactical gear. He is on Facebook as well. Um, our show creds this week obviously go to Nicole and Velo from The Matrix Assassins. We broke some stuff down with James from We The People Radio. Jasmine and Austin from Russian Disinformation. Priscilla, who is Destroy Fear, formerly known as Law of One. Uh, we referenced some stuff from the National File and used articles written by Tom Pappert, who's the editor-in-chief there, also a contributor on InfoWars, 
former guest of the show. Mm-hmm. Speaking of former guests, Lala Beams. Yep. And Ray from the QTARS FM podcast. Um, Friends of the Week, Kalila 3, Axie Quinn, 5.0, Wits Up 17, The Reverse Mockingbird, Rise of the Phoenix, and What I Mean to Say, period in between each word, Richard Ratboy. Uh, mostly Peaceful Memes, Real Brenda Memes 3.0, The Official Patriotic Babe, and of course, we can never forget, Baby Cakes 2.0. Mm. Um, ladies and gentlemen, don't I love her memes. Yeah, it's, it's pretty hard not to and, and we hope to eventually <laughs> she said if she's ever got the courage enough to go on a podcast we would be her first and i'm speaking on behalf of both brenda and the official patriotic babe so Ooh, we the have exclusive yeah future bookings for sure um stay exclusive yeah but until next week do yourself a favor continue to educate yourself do the research stay in the know and most importantly especially today break the matrix on behalf of the podcast on myself and our guest nicole and Velo, the Matrix Assassins. I'm Roan. I'm Noah. And this has been the Steak for Breakfast podcast. We'll be back next week. Thanks for listening, ladies and gentlemen. Nice. I'm going to steal the Declaration of Independence. <laughs>